0: We're here, folks. We're finally here for a new completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, March 8th, 2016, alongside Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I am Pat Contry. We have lots of fun stuff to talk about. There's this new topic we've never talked about before called The Click of Chameleon. (laughs) That's going to be a fun time. (sighs) We'll be talking um, about Activision not being at E3. We're talking about Kanye West liking the Rabbit 16 What the hell? The NX rumor roundup, amongst other topics, and that that controversial
1: Ghostbusters trailer. Your Q&A and lots more. Ian, what's going on? I think we have a sponsor first, actually. We do. Uh, hey, guys. Jerry here from Embraceware. We have a new game coming soon, which is named Wee Man Sniper. If you'd like to be notified when the game is released, visit WeeMansniper.com. That's W-E-E. And enter your email address. It'll be available on iOS, Android, Mac, and PC. As always, you can get a sneak peek of what we're working on by checking us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at slash embraceware on each. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry, for being
0: a proud sponsor. <laughs> and that's via the See You Podcast Patreon. Indeed. So he's an, not just a... Patron. He's an (laughs) Eintron. He's both. Or or Ian, Ian Ianon. Ianon. He's an Ianon. That's what it
1: is. Yeah, it makes the most sense. So Ian, what have you been up to the past uh, two weeks? Well, um, I got my PC Engine RGB modded. Of course you did. And I am running it through a Framemeister and it's one of the most life-altering experiences (laughs) I've I've ever had.
0: okay, what is it doing that's not much better than it not being a, run through a frame meister. Well,
1: it? RGB uh, helps the color and the the visual aspect of it. Um, and then the frame meister simply upscales it so that I can play it on a uh, flat screen TV and have it look right. Um, special effects that wouldn't work properly, like blinking of shields on a ship or something, now work. Um, you know, basically it removes that, that Vaseline smear on the screen effect, and everything just pops. Uh, so... It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Vonnie played Rondo of Blood for the first time. It was her first Castlevania game. Somehow she had what? gone... She's played video games her whole life. Somehow she had gone this long without playing a Castlevania game. So Wow. She played Rondo of Blood after being like, Hey, this looks like a lot of fun. And uh, she picked it up really quick. She's probably better than me. Um, so, other than that, I mean, not a whole lot. Jim? Jim, uh, I need to go back tomorrow. Come on. Games. Uh, <laughs> fuck Those that games. term. Um I keep I keep going and I keep trying I keep falling off track but I haven't given up on it so that's good um, and I have lost weight and I have gained a little bit of uh, strength I've noticed so um, sleeping better no no oh. fuck fuck no Jeez, we'll never figure that out. um. So, I mean, all in all, I mean, the gym has been a very positive experience for me. I just need to kind of get back on that four times I'm a week st- track instead st- of three.
0: I'm still waiting for that time we're going to go together and just go all out in the MMA room. I mean, we're going <laughs> to we're we're roll around. We'll do some kicking drills. It's going to be great.
1: Uh, I'll just, I just want to use the ropes. the ropes. While I use the ropes, you can jump the ropes and uh, we'll get two exercises in at once. Funny. I
0: got to show you how to throw a nice one-two combination. Come yeah. on. <laughs> you use my year old sweaty uh, heavy bag gloves. That sounds gross. Uh, yeah, it, I, they really need to be thrown out. They are almost as bad as uh, hockey gloves. You know how you get the cheese smell on hockey gloves? It's ah, that, it's, yes. this, this isn't cheese like that because that's more like fermented inside. This is more like wine, it smells like. Not quite the cheese smell, but yeah, I should probably get new ones. It's been a year, Pat. Okay. You, can afford, you can afford heavy bag gloves. You don't have to use the same ones forever. <laughs> so, what have I been up to? Well, Ian, did you see that video I put
1: out last Tuesday? Uh, uh, yeah, most of it, but it's, it's some of it. You couldn't even sit through one of them that, that video? After all the shit I was getting, you couldn't even sit through one no, of them? I did. I, and, uh, you, I mean, I saw how emotional you got about it. So there was that, which we'll probably touch on we'll in talk just a few way. moments. Yeah, I,
0: I know I know you were annoyed you couldn't be a part of that, but probably in retrospect, probably glad you weren't. <laughs>
1: well, we're, we're going to cover it all here anyways, probably in a slightly more calm fashion. But. Yeah,
0: slightly more calm. Uh, other than that, the book is... is done. The digital one is getting tested and it, it's working so that'll start getting out. Um, I showed it to Ryan Shot at Screenwave. Mike Matei saw it. He likes it. Um, you can still pre-order it. Uh, you slacker backers out there. So I'm happy about that. And then The, the physical one should go for proofing next week. And Then then I'm going to do a Path the NES Punk video. So I'm trying to try stick to at least one every three months and I'm on track for that since the last one came out uh, December 30th. Uh, or 31st. December 30th. It's uh, been that long? Shut up, Ian. Now, now you're like everyone else.
1: No, I'm just saying it doesn't seem like it was that long. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you. That's what I meant. Yeah, it doesn't seem that long. Yeah, that's it. Jesus Christ. But uh, I'll try to, get, try to get back to a little more. I don't know what my life's going to be like not having this book to worry about. We'll see in next month because I, I don't have to worry about it. But then I'm going to do the next DVD. The cover's done. I showed you the cover, right? And I'll mm-hmm. do that soon. But it's always a nice ongoing Well, And I'll be at Retro Spill Messen in May in Norway and Retro Blues in Houston in April. So... Ian, we've had a lot of updates happen the last, I'd say, uh, 12 days, 11 days with the Coleco Chameleon.
1: All right, so I'll take one minute to get people up to speed. I'm sure everyone here knows by now. Basically, the Coleco Chameleon was to be a new retro video game system that rose from the ashes of the retro VGS. Which was to be a new retro right. game system. That one had way too many features and was bloated and could not. Re- it had no prototype, could not reach its Kickstarter. The Chameleon was promised to be a uh, simpler, more cost-effective system in the same vein. Basically, it was going to be shown at the Toy Fair, and that's where, uh, that, that's where we were supposed to be wowed. Um, unfortunately, at the Toy Fair, it's all but confirmed, and everyone has seen this stuff, that it was a Super Nintendo Mini, Super Nintendo 2, inside a Jaguar shell, even using Super Nintendo controllers and the proprietary outs of a Super Nintendo. Um, they said, you know, wait ten days for the Kickstarter, we're going to blow the nerds away when you see what's under the hood. And uh that was gonna be the day of the kick. yeah, the day of the Kickstarter. And that brings sk- us up to did you skip the New York Toy Fair? No, I just talked about the Toy Fair. Oh you did? Okay. Yeah. I blanked out from too much Coleco community already. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, I understand. I'm like zoning out. So <laughs> So we get up to the Kickstarter. The twenty sixth of February, uh, Friday. And I remember refreshing all sorts of pages a bunch because I wanted to see What they were going to show. I had a lot of theories about what they were going to show. I figured they were going to show a simple dev board with maybe a Genesis uh, FPGA core on it. Does that exist? Yes. And uh, that would be enough to say, hey, we're working on something and it plays X, Y, or Z games. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we did not get the Kickstarter launch. People started to get weird about it and they were wondering... There was no, there was no. It was supposed to start by, I believe, ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or ten a.m. Or yeah, I'm sorry, ten a.m. or eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And there was nothing, and nothing, and nothing. And finally, there was an announcement that the Kickstarter was not going to happen. The the Kickstarter that they spent all week blowing and uh, trying, you know, developing tiers for and announcing them with a slow trickle. And so that they didn't need it because they had found private investment. Um, Well, the message on the Facebook page
0: said we needed more time to uh they wanted they wanted to like perfect it and they had made contacts at the toy fair and new development so it was sort of this weird vague correct sort of message like there's more stuff coming so we're gonna put it off
1: but this is where streams get crossed because there was also a twitter message i think it was from someone at retro magazine that said that it wasn't going to they weren't going to do a Kickstarter because they didn't need the funding that was probably from david
0: david uh Gilton and I believe who was the editor of retro. We'll get into that later. I,
1: I can't comment on that for sure. I just remember reading. I think that. it was. So, but... so there was a. So there was mo- there was already you had immediately two conflicting reasons as to why. Sure. So they did show uh, a few pictures of it. About uh, five pictures. There was a. Uh, it was a. It was kind of a clear frosty uh, jaguar shell on top of a black uh, bottom. Um, translucent enough to see inside, and there was a board in there. And very quickly, people started to be skeptical of what this board was because they sure. never talked about it,
0: and it didn't because it didn't look like any board that you would expect to be in a system like this. So, so the pictures, the pictures, yep. real quick, the pictures were like five pictures. One kind of showed the close up of the board. Uh, all had a cartridge in the slot, but you couldn't tell it was actually in a car, you know, a connector. No pictures of the back at all, and then the one strange picture showing the TV on. Had the shell with no controller actually input into it, it was like the shell pushed against the TV. Yeah, this LCD TV. It was flush. There was a menu screen. I like it was like the uh, flashcart menu screen, but you couldn't see directly any wires running from the back of the console. Doesn't mean they weren't there, but it was clearly they weren't. Like it could have been hidden, but they definitely weren't
1: visible. Right. Which which raises questions. So, um, you know, people like us and the uh, people on Atari Age, uh, who I feel like are brothers. I wish they were like an actual person you could like buy <laughs> <One> per- <laughs> buy a sandwich and a, and a dr- yeah, soft drink. I would buy the collective person known as Atari Age a drink and a sandwich. Um, <laughs> so we all started to scrutinize this because at this point, no one has any reason to yeah. have faith. Everything just seems strange. First thing, first thing I, I looked at,
0: I said that looks like some sort of uh, PCI card. First so- thing I said.
1: So, uh, I think it was Captris uh, or I think it was him or it was someone on atari age, uh, examines it and goes well here's here's a problem. um none of the things on this board would be stuff that you would really use in a video game system. They said this looks like capture, audio throughs, this, that, and the next thing. And basically, it was determined quite quickly to be uh, likely. A capture card on
0: Monday, so it took less than I think three full days, or about three full days.
1: <laughs> so, so they decided it was a they they pe- what it was the high cap fifty B CCTV DVR capture. And card. what's what's amazing about this and about this community who is looking after the the, the chameleon and following it is it's is it's not like there's three capture cards. No, there's a lot, and this required a lot of work from people, and someone just just nailed it. I think it might have even been Albert who runs the site. I think he might have been the one who was like this one and had the exact picture. Yeah, we're talking
0: about these cars. There's been capture cards for PCs going back to the 90s. There's yes. been tons of these.
1: You know. So they immediately took this picture and oriented it the way it was oriented in the um, jag shell and put it up next to it and it was a 100% exact match.
0: By the way, all of these pictures were watermarked with huge generic font click chameleon over to try to obscure the board. You can still see it. Someone actually removed the water markings from one of them. So that was on Monday and uh, almost immediately I'm talking within 15, 20 minutes after that picture was up, goes up Not even before the comparison picture, which shows the, the board next to the, the high cap. Yeah. That particular picture, the closeout board was taken off the Facebook page for the click chameleon. That's a red flag. Number one, yeah. Big bread, And that wasn't the only picture taken off. They actually took off a second one, I think, sometime
1: after that, too. I don't remember that. I just remember them taking down the one. Sure. I have to admit, um, as interesting as this was to follow, there are times where I just had to check out, because it, it got to be exhausting.
0: Oh, sure. But that's where the fun began for the week. Yeah. <laughs> like That was like, it almost seems like it was a month ago. The, the week of fun began. So we'll try to run you through a timeline
1: of all the stuff that's come out in the past week. So, um... After this was discovered, uh, within a day or two, um, Coleco Holdings uh, announced that um, Mike had to uh, present the prototypes within seven days uh, for assessment um, to see if they were going to continue with the project after uh, a number of people had spoken out with concerns. I can only imagine the amount of shit Coleco Holdings was actually getting sent to them.
0: which feels bad because... You know, they were probably like, "What the fuck?" Just like everyone else. I
1: I have to I have to say, especially with their actions, I feel like they are probably innocent in this. They they have a name. They slapped it on. Here, yes. They thought that someone. I mean, because honestly, the idea is not that difficult.
0: The, the, what what exonerates them, besides the fact that they did this, is the fact that they're not just putting out this product. Right. They're 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 just licensing their brand elsewhere, but they still want to do good products. They're trying to put, they're trying to do the flashbacks and they're the Click-A-Vision flashbacks and they're trying to do these they're trying to bring back the mini tabletop L, uh, the uh, well those were uh, L, L LEDs those or vacuum were, form uh, 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 yeah they were VC, VCF. well they're trying to I do think. those again yeah but do it like full screens to sort of emulate they look beautiful like the sort of like the mock-ups yeah. that are out there I
1: would buy that sure. so
0: Their reputation is at stake, whatever they put their product on. They're not going to put your your name on bullshit.
1: Exactly. Mike Kennedy was not in control of Coleco. He simply licensed the name from Coleco Holdings. So he was not the only person slapping the name on things. So you have another set of individuals trying to put out a product that might have a market, and then you have this one guy trying to put out a product who's tarnishing their name.
0: So, So other details started coming out.
1: So, um... Well, you talked for a moment. This is an
0: important one, and this is one that I'll get into later, that I tried to warn people this was coming up. Um, His name on the forum is Piper Cub. He's actually uh, Scott. He's on the Retro Game Roundup. Yep. He's actually one of the people on the board or part of the company of the Retro Magazine slash Game Gavel. It's its own LLC. And before he alluded to me, this is weeks and weeks back uh, about potentially... There could be something going on in terms of the funding of of the Retro VGS slash Clego Chameleon. That this is alleged, but he he this, I didn't want to say it publicly till he did on the forums. But it, it, according to to him and others, that there's evidence that the funds for the uh, actual Jaguar shells and startup funds for the Retro VGS Systems Inc. was taken out of the Retro slash Game Gavel LLC, and then only a month before the Indiegogo campaign launched for the Retro VGS, a new LLC was formed. The Retro VGS, Video Game Systems Inc. Mm-hmm. LLC was formed, just with basically Mike at the helm, to cut everyone else, to cut his former partners out completely, who before that were going to be involved with this. And they kept silent. I'm not sure why they kept silent about it, because they could have blew, 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 blew it up at any time, but uh, maybe they wanted to see where it was going. Maybe they're giving their longtime friends the benefit of the doubt. That's that, what I think
1: it was. But because... that came
0: out that this is this is nefarious shit. This is potential. I mean, legal stuff. Yeah. If you can prove that someone took the money out of one venture and put it into a second, that they're they're not they're they're not they're not, they're not should be allowed to do like withdrawal from an LLC that doesn't include just you but other people. That's a little. That's that's
1: that's some. That's like wow
0: that's the people you were friends with for years
1: and i think that's why they maybe did stay silent because during the rvgs stuff they were they were fairly it's not it's not like they were misleading but they were hesitant to comment on it and you know from what everyone says mike was a great guy years back and i think there was this hope that there was a remnant of that and i think I think people have lost faith in that idea completely. Sure.
0: After that, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, fuck that. And he's a guy who used to go and do the podcast with them. Used to be the three of them. Used to be uh, with Soul Cal Mike. That's his name in it. Uh, UK Mike and, and Piper Cup. Um, but then we get a couple, We get a few interviews. I actually got like three or four interviews that came after that. Wh- the first one uh, came from... His name's Brian. And he does something called Jag Bar. Which is like a, a interview show, or you hang out with someone talking about uh, video games, and they end up playing a Jaguar game, Atari Jaguar game. Uh, it, it turns out that Mike came to him to help film the Kickstarter promo video, and some very interesting details emerged from that. And I'm glad, and I'm glad that Brian turned Mike down because there's a chance that if he didn't, that video would have got shot and potentially used for a Kickstarter.
1: So, so in this video, uh, roughly outlined. Um, there was to be, basically, shots of, um, kids in a family, you know, basically playing, uh, this, this prototype, and being shown having fun, kind of like, uh, you know, the old box shots on, uh, sure. you know, like, like, like systems, ah! like, yeah, everyone leaning ah! in, you know, and, um, this shoot was delayed twice, because, uh, Mike had excuses, something about the prototype, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And, um, Brian ended up not being happy with. He ended up being suspicious, and he ended up being kind of leery of the script. Yeah. And while I, it, I don't remember his reading of the script. Sorry, because I, I watched the video a while back. It was very. I don't know. It just sounded kind of sleazy. Well, Brian
0: stuck to his gun. Brian said, "I'm not shooting this unless there's something right. working. Unless you have a working prototype, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna film a sham." Mm-hmm. Um, especially using freaking kids.
1: Yeah, precisely F- because they're have families from his neighborhood. Yeah, is that what I believe so you're exactly.
0: gonna know what have these kids play a, a fucking fake prototype that's probably the mini Super Nintendo? You know, and then come out the product, and then you you're basically taking advantage of these poor families. Yeah, and children. That to me is despicable. Yes, if you're gonna, willing to go that far, you know what I mean. So I'm glad Brian came out with that because that that shows you the mindset of someone like Mike Kennedy at that point. Right. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. We'll start a new LLC, and we'll shut up, shut out my former partners. We'll use potentially children, and families to make my Kickstarter video. We'll be playing a sham prototype. I mean, it's like holy fuck. Yeah. Holy fuck. I don't care how you were five years ago. This is how you are now, and it sucks. Yeah. Exactly. As a person.
1: And there's more. So there was a uh, another interview with Eli from. Pico Interactive, which was one of uh, two developers that was that were basically known to um, be interested in porting their games to the 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 Chameleon, and uh, he talks about the um, the, uh, the the New York Toy Fair his experience there. Basically, he had a uh, a PCB, a Super Nintendo PCB, on him, and he was there to show it to Loot Crate and. Uh, he popped over to the the Calico chameleon booth and he used it he, he he basically Mike demoed it now he asked to see the insides and Mike wouldn't show him uh, Mike also didn't think that the board would work on the chameleon because it didn't have the two outer edges of certain Super Nintendo cards which frankly shows that he doesn't even know anything about the systems he's talking about Um he also stated that, you know, when 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 talking about um, a prototype and trying to get information, uh, he was referred to a a mysterious hardware guy named Mister Lee. Mister Lee, who only contacted him from unknown uh, from from unknown, unlisted phone number. No one actually saw this guy in person. It sounds like yeah. Um, and he was said to have created the cartridge specifically for Mike at the New York Toy Fair. And he was basically in charge of making the prototype. Um, he, he, he came out in the interview at, at one point and basically said, I, I'm 100% certain that, that was, this was an SNES in a Jaguar shell. Something that no one, no one with... What's the word I'm looking for? No one who was interested in the product... Working with the product on the product had really come out and said 100 percent yet. Um, even though he alluded
0: to it before,
1: <coughs> he, uh, correct. He alluded to it not only
0: on on the with hints and vagaries on the um, Atari Age forum, but he had sent me messages in private. And when I said, let's put it this way, when I said, come on, dude, that was a mini Super Nintendo in a, in a, in a uh, Jaguar shell, he didn't come out and say yes, you're correct, but he didn't say he didn't deny it. Right. He was sort of like you might be on the right track, sort of tone. Cuz he wanted to not totally bury the project and be a professional I think at that point.
1: And I believe he also mentioned uh something that we had kind of mentioned I think in our last topic, uh, the last time we talked about this. Um I think he was I think he mentioned being fairly surprised that the uh game fired up and worked as well as it did given the nature of what was supposed to be in there as opposed to what was in there. Sure, because if it's an FPGA and it's perfectly emulating Super Nintendo games
0: like that this soon, that's un- that's unheard of. That's insane. That's unheard because of. there's not one that really exists.
1: No, there isn't one that exists. There's one that came close from Japan, uh, but it's not perfect. and for them to try to make anyone believe who's in the know that they could have done that in three months is absolutely ridiculous.
0: So that was one interview with the mysterious Mr. Lee. Which is hysterical the more you, you hear, hear about
1: it, Right. <laughs> Mr. Lee, yeah. It is. Uh,
0: but then there was a, a couple other interviews R- real quick. There was an interview with a guy. We won't go over it because it's not as pertinent, but just shows the mindset of Mike. There was a guy who used to work with him at Retro Magazine. There was an interview. He came out and, and threw Mike under the bus. Um, then you had a couple more. Um, you had – this wasn't an audio interview, but uh, you had David Gil- Giltonin, who was the editor of Retro Magazine – and he used to do the Talk Retro podcast, and he's one of the guys I I called out in my video as being on the Retro podcast, who were shilling this and calling everyone toxic and haters and everything else right. on that uh, podcast. Um, he stepped down from Retro Magazine after all this. Um, so now you see it bleeding. Uh, you see the chameleon bleeding over into the it's Retro Magazine. the other adventures. Because, and other writers have left, too.
1: Right, and this is this is one of the things that's kind of... I don't necessarily want to say sad, but um, when you screw up on this level, everything else crumbles. Sure. Everything but, else that you're associated with is going to come down. But he
0: should step down, though. Oh, yeah. He absolutely should. Not just that, because he was he was shilling this on his podcast without a second thought. Right.
1: Just As to whether or not you to look into this. It's
0: called willful ignorance. Yes. When you have all evidence staring in your face, but you know what? I'm, they don't know what they're talking about, even though they have all this evidence. I'm just going to go with it. I'm not even going to question it. Which is shameful at that point. Um, then it gets better. Um, Chris Cardillo, who's uh, of Clico Holdings slash River West, River West Brands, they created Clico Holdings, but it's Riverwest Brands, who owns it. He did an interview and, um, yeah, basically clearing his name and saying, yeah, we had no idea what Mike was doing. You know what? And he said, I'm the guy who contacted me. Like, I'm, I'm going to
1: be honest with you. Some of this stuff happened so fast, I didn't actually uh, listen to that one or read that but one. But Chris comes on. When, when was that?
0: Uh, that's day, last day or two.
1: Okay. But, basically, been
0: but been. basically, Chris tells his side of the story. And it's just like, yeah, the same way is that, you know, basically, he, I mean, he, I don't know how much he can say. But, yeah, um, Mike was doing his thing. And, you know, we didn't know what he was doing. Right. So you have, you have people either being woefully ignorant or... Or not doing their due diligence. Because
1: all he needed to do, and I'm not trying to sound harsh. No, I'm not trying to sound harsh But all, Chris. He, all he needed uh. to do was look into the last project to get a rough idea of what he was getting into.
0: Sure, which is what we, we kind of said that. Look at the track record here right. to begin with. You had uh, a non-prototype of four. You had a prototype on on printed paper. Then you had the infamous table. And that was... Oh, that's right. There was a John Carlson interview as well, which I'll talk about in a second. I didn't even have that on our prep sheet. But there was also the John Carlson interview. And I feel bad for John, too. But we'll get into that, too. But Chris sounded like, you know, Coleco just made a... They made a bad decision trusting Mike. Right. Which is what we can all agree with at this point. You know, the... Um, someone else from Coleco Holdings, or actually, Rivers Brands, came
1: out and basically... Threw Mike under the bus on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, that was my favorite quote. Um, We promise that in the future we will only be doing business with the right people. Right. In all capitals.
0: Yes. That's like, without doing it, without saying names, we're going to kick you in the face yeah like for for fucking with us mm-hmm. i hope clicko didn't lose money on this Cleco holdings i'm i'm hoping that there was some sort of agreement in place that they'll get a percentage of the sales and didn't lose money
1: i can't imagine they it. they did i i imagine they made something because they probably made money on the licensing of the name and i don't see kennedy getting that back otherwise i really can't see where they would have lost money i hope they didn't it gets better
0: cuz i almost forgot about the john carlson interview john carlson was the engineer for the retro vgs sounds uh, like sounds like a fair dude I think he was uh, treated uh, wrongly from, from all intents and purposes from guys like Kev Trist. It sounds like they couldn't nail down uh, what the hell they wanted the system to be. And so Carlson kept... He, he didn't have something to work with. That video,
1: man, he looked like there was a gun to his head the
0: but, whole time. But there might have been. Because in his in, in interview, he said that uh, Mike and Steve Wada, who was one of the other guys, uh, wanted him to do that video. And oh. they approved the video before he put it out. Before throwing him under the bus and saying that it was done separately, are you seeing what type of person Mike Kennedy is by now?
1: Oh, I'm. I'm asking question. the audience.
0: This is a rhetorical. Yeah, I'm asking the audience. This is all. Everyone's basically saying, yeah, he deceived us. Uh, I didn't trust him. I had no idea what he was doing. I should have looked into it further." <sighs> I mean, there are con- there are con artists out there. They yes. exist. Confidence men. Get your confidence that they know what they're do- what they're doing, but they- but they're taking you for a ride, and it's not clear what the end goal was, but uh, it ended up there. That's what you can say. Like I honestly think that they wanted to make a game console. But well, I
1: think most of the people involved with Mike probably were on board because they did want to make a game console. Sure. That I, I at this point I I just can't see that being Mike's actual intention, and my reason for saying that is when you go back to the fake prototypes. And you think about it, it should not have been hard for someone who absolutely needed to get something up and running, to get something up and running, even if it required buying all off-the-shelf parts, sure. just so that something could be shown.
0: But I think it's the case of being a big dreamer, not actually having any any skills to do something, and trying to get other people to do it for you. That too. Because, again... Great guy from many sources, it sounds like uh, Mike had multiple engineers on this project over the past year and would learn just enough about from the one guy then he would get rid of them, keep the knowledge given to him, and then move on to the next one, get their knowledge, roll it up into a ball, get rid of them, go on to the next one, and so forth and so forth. Probably one of the reasons he got rid of Kevtris Kev and blew him off, which was the biggest mistake of his life, yeah, almost literally because he had a shot with Kevtris to do the retro VGS,
1: yeah, he had a shot. And then he said he didn't need them, did and, and, and that spawned the whole the the popular joke that that rolled forever uh, through this was uh, uh, Kennedy's just going to go down to the core store and buy himself some cores. Yes, this, this FPGA system. Go down to the FPGA uh, <laughs> shelf and buy buy eight different cores. Just get so the ripest core you can find. It shows someone
0: that wants has a dream, but also is using people at mm-hmm. the same time. So it gets better. We're almost we're, we're almost done. We're almost done. Just just to sort of put the icing on the cake. Uh, two more things that happened uh, just today when we're recording this on Tuesday, the 8th. The first one is that there was a troll on the Atari Age forums that was there for the past, I don't know, month or so. Um, name was Janice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just outright trolling people to say, oh, you have to trust this. You guys don't know what you're talking about. People are like, is they serious? They a troll? Either way, it turned out to be someone that worked with Mike on Retro Magazine. I'm not going to say their name. But it was someone that worked. They said their name on Atari Schwartz. But someone that actually worked with, with Mike, which just, is just hysterical. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. It's like, this. you can't write this. this you can't write it. No. And then finally, what happens today? Uh, Coleco basically says, we're pulling out a, a support of this project. You know, what, what's, what we have is not suitable. What, the, what they said that they have was not suitable to show us.
1: I, I, I'm going to guess he just didn't show anything. What, is, what was he going to show him? The, yeah, the, nothing. The PCI board? The, the, the DVR capture card? Right. Nothing. So, I mean, as of right now, I think <laughs> uh, everyone can just assume that this is, once again, 100% dead in the water. And... Okay. I'm going to say something a little weird here. He probably showed it. He probably can't really show his face literally or proverbially um, Mike Kennedy yeah Mike Kennedy he's a pariah yeah um, I mean he's gonna get ridiculed wherever and he probably has not made many friends he's probably lost quite a few um, I am not entirely convinced because of his personality type that he's done I don't think he'll ever be the face of anything again but provided no legal action is taken, and he has money, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to... F- I'm not saying a console, but something. He's going to put his goddamn money into something again that's going to fail.
0: Well, he had, he has Game Gavel, which hasn't done anything.
1: He's got Retro, which is which three failed. issues behind or something Re- like retro, that. Retro,
0: I think, has nine issues in two years, when they're supposed to have at least 12 by now. Um, and people are not satisfied with it. No, yeah. because it
1: stopped stop covering Retro games.
0: They've now had... If you if you count this editor, that's leading having a, they're gonna have four editors within two years, because they had original one, he quit. The second one I remember talking to, this third one David now he's quitting. You have four editors, and who's gonna take the job? Who's gonna write? Who's gonna want to write for the magazine anymore? Yeah, the the magazine where he was gonna he probably said, well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pay for the advertisements ourselves in the magazine uh, of of retro from the uh, from the Kickstarter. It's like he was like funnel It's like he was like like a shell game, moving money around. To all his ventures, from the Kickstarter of of the Chameleon to the retro magazine, so then you're not really spending money; then it's just free advertising at that
1: point. Like it didn't make it, the whole thing was just slimy. Well, he also said back in the RVGS days, and probably would have done the same with the Chameleon that he would, you know, dedicate a chunk of the magazine to those consoles, which is a conflict of interest. And Absolutely, is, is, I mean that's advertising in and of its own uh, own right.
0: Sure, I mean, I mean you can say maybe you want to say yeah, we will have like a, a spread covering it. But even that's kind of yeah. Like he was, he was, it, it, it sounded like he wanted to make retro magazine his Nintendo power. Right. Exactly. For the retro VGS originally, then the me no, like
1: he there was actually a line he said uh, it'll begin to cover retro VGS uh, topics. Um, it'll be just like the old days. You'll have a magazine to go with your new system.
0: That'll be great. You'll have your fifty-page magazine with like three games you can go through. That's going to be fantastic, and none, and none coming out on the horizon. You know, the pack watch section
1: kind of barren, kind of a tumbleweed to so going through that backwatch section. When you get to that part, <laughs> literally sand falls out. <laughs> K- counselor's Corner, hey,
0: how do I return my, my retro <laughs> VGS? That would be the Counselor's Corner. You don't.
1: What's the easiest <laughs> my, way well, to light it on fire?
0: Mike Kennedy would be the Howard and Nestor. He'd be like Mike and someone else. they make up some Nestor character. Mike and Nestor. Mike oh, and Mike and Lee. Mike, Mike and Lee, the mysterious Lee. So I guess this, this spells the end of the Coleco Chameleon. And what what a what a what a it's been! Hell, we got put in a motherboard vice article. Our coverage of yeah. it. yeah, so
1: I am kind of happy it's over though. I I, I, uh, I mentioned well, it on Twitter the other the other day. It was bizarre, and then well, it was amusing, and then bizarre, and then kind of infuriating, <sighs> and then it just got tiring.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, we're, we're we're gonna transition real quick. Somehow I gotta cut this video up, or it's gonna be forever. Um, so in my video, um, which, which came out Tuesday, Tuesday the 1st, the, the, the news came out Monday night that this was, uh, confirmed the exact DVR capture card. So I want to get the news out first. Sorry, Ian, because we were covering this whole time. I wouldn't wait the whole week. Um, I want to get the news out. So I did a seven minute video, basically reporting on the great sluice at Atari age. Um, and yeah. And then I was, I was angered. The fact that they would try to pull the wool over people's eyes for a third time, and the fact that uh, all these websites, uh, like uh, CNET and Gizmodo and Gadget, were just blanketly just reporting on this at the toy fair, not following up, not even pretending to be any sort of reporting at all. Right. So what I said in that video that you know people should uh, apologize and you know they should own up to it, like people. Uh, on the podcast that were willfully ignorant, the, the talk retro podcast, uh, people at this magazine who didn't do their due diligence. I, I meant it. I meant it. Cause this is, this is bad news. Sure. Absolutely bad. Uh, the other part of it though, uh, was the fact that remember, remember folks, this is, this is a team that libeled Ian and I way back, way yeah. back during the retro VGS. We did, we did a very professional, very, very professional, I thought, objective. Trying to be non-biased. Don't smile at me like that. We were trying to be non-biased. Breakdown of why we thought the retro VGS was a bad idea. Yeah. And I still thought it was a bad idea. Before, I had no
1: idea it would become a really bad hoax eventually, but it was just a bad idea to begin with. Regardless of the, the scam, it, it's, it was just a bad idea to begin with from a practical level. Sure. So,
0: they went on their Facebook page and said, called us uh, podcasters drunken commentary. That's, that's, just, that's libeling us. That's basically saying, oh, don't listen to them. They're just drunk and whatever else. Well, eating drinks, but you know. So all that was built into that. So I, I called out certain individuals. Like I said, the three websites, uh, the people that were on that podcast, basically people that I thought weren't doing their due diligence. If there was uh, random YouTubers that were pumping this up and being willfully ignorant, them too. But some people took that video and thought, I was calling out someone else, but before I go into that, let me just say this: I had a conversation with John Lester, gamestray eighty one before this podcast. We smoothed everything over, like silk. We everything's okay between us. We're still invited out to the uh, Game on Expo if we're gonna if, if we want to go. So that's cool. Uh, John put out a response video on Friday the Friday the fourth in response to my video thinking that I was singling him out as as being involved with this project. Now, if you have seen uh, the podcast, we've done about five videos on this.
1: Going all the way back, almost a year ago, to when the Retro VGS stuff did, started. Did,
0: did we talk about the announcement? I'm not even counting that. Did we talk about it a year
1: yeah, ago? Yeah, we talked about the announcement. Oh, briefly. okay. Yeah. And
0: then we talked about it. It started really going in September, about. Mm-hmm. That's September, October. And I wanted to keep people out of it that I knew weren't involved with the console. And I think you're the, you, you're the same. You're great. Yeah. So at the time, originally, there was three developers. There was uh, Collector Vision, which John Gamester was a part of, um, Pico Interactive, and you had the Neo Geo uh, dev team.
1: Oh, for R- RVGS. For yeah. RGVS. Yes.
0: And they, to me, were always corollary. They're off to the side. They're just developers. They're right. They're just doing their own thing. Um. So, what happened was Neo Geo Dev pulled out after the Retro VGS, uh, but then you still had Pico Interactive and Collectivision. So, I, we never brought those names up when talking about the Coleco Chameleon.
1: No, not the Coleco Chameleon. No, no. and if we brought up anything, we did bring up, I just think that uh, Tiny Night was supposed to be the package. Yes, game we for brought the, up for the RVGS. Exactly,
0: but we never talked about the quality of the games. No. We, we never really talked about... We actually only said about the developers themselves is that these games have to come out somewhere else. You can't have the games just on the system because then you're losing money. Right. You, you want to put these games out. These are basically Super Nintendo, uh, Neo Geo games, Genesis games. But that's more of a criticism of the system, not the developers. Thank you. So, John, uh, I think, felt he was backed into a corner when he did that video. And by the way, I talked to John. I told him all the things I was going to discuss during this uh, video, so don't think like I'm submarining him. Um, I, all the points I'm about to talk about, I brought up with John before here beforehand, and told him. Um, I think John w- felt uh, felt betrayed by Kennedy, by Kennedy, who still hasn't reached out to him, by the way.
1: That's fucked up.
0: That's Kennedy, real fucked up. The guy that's causing this problem, uh, the problem for John, still hasn't had the DC to reach out to him. To say, Hey, sorry that I put out two fucking fake prototype systems.
1: Yeah. That's upsetting. That's yeah. like, that's, I mean, that's, that's just insane. absolute horseshit. shit.
0: That's absolutely insane. Yeah. He should be apologizing to, to the, the the entire community, let alone the people but that specifically,
1: are uh, speci- speci- specifically, Collector Vision and Pico right now. Absolutely. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> we gotta stop fucking doing that. Anyway. So
0: anyway, so I'm actually, when I saw that video on Friday, I was not, the, of John attacking me, I was not totally shocked. I, I knew John was feeling the brunt of, Uh, Of people coming after him. Unfortunately, I was the messenger video. That was the very first video uh, put out announcing that this was bullshit. Was I overzealous? I was overzealous. Yes, I will admit that. But Ian gets overzealous on the podcast. I sure do. More than me. I always say, (laughs) if Ian was doing that with me, he probably would have been a little little bit more. I'd be dead. (laughs) He would have been dead. Ian would have been throwing stuff off my shelf (laughs) if he was there with me. Again... Um, and this goes back to uh, me being angry at Mike Kennedy personally, too, because I, I'll, I'll, it's time to say all the personal stuff, like the inside stuff. Um, uh, I've dealt with Mike Kennedy before, uh, going back, and I'll get into some of the things John said, just to clear up uh, a few of the things John said in his video. Uh, I don't trust him. I haven't trusted him for a while. Um, when I saw him at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo about five weeks ago, he came up to me, to his credit. And he said, yeah, I just wanted to apologize for, you know, the things were said. Couldn't look me in the eye when he apologized. That's a bad sign. Yeah. Two, didn't say what he was apologizing for. Didn't say, I libeled you guys. Right. He, like, if he had done that, but then he goes, he goes directly from this fake apology. And I'm just there. I know what he's about at this point. I know he's a used car salesman. But whatever. He doesn't have a booth there. I don't think they, I don't think they wanted to give him a booth there. Thanks thanks for doing that, guys. Um, I didn't tell him not to give him a booth, but good thing they didn't. Um, but then he goes directly from this fake apology into the spiel about, well, we got this, you know, we're going to be at the toy fair, we got this thing coming out. I'm just like, I'm not a, I'm not an idiot, Mike. Yeah. Just get away from me. Let me set up my 14 extra box consoles I have that I can hopefully sell. Right. I sold half of them. Um, so when I, when I did that video, all that's running in my head. Like, like this guy should be gone from the community. Like absolutely gone. But people that were maybe harboring him as well or willfully ignorant, I'm not saying they should be kicked out, but they should really be a lot more careful about about things like this. Sure. Because if if you imagine if there was not someone, I'm not saying we were the someone tweeted the Woodward and Bernstein of of, their, of, I of this saw whole thing. That. But if there wasn't people trying to speak up, Atari age else uh, otherwise, imagine Imagine if that fucking first Indiegogo of one point nine or whatever million hit its goal. Do you fucking imagine that? That system was not gonna come out anytime soon. And if it did, it would have been a massive disappointment. Right. Massive. Do you imagine the, 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 the
1: shit that would have happened then? Do well, you, do you imagine? Yeah. I mean, it would have been like any other Indiegogo that doesn't, you know, follow through. It would have been crazy though, because but just in our people, smaller community, yes, getting right, police. yes, exactly. Uh, because especially at that point in time, the stakes were much, much higher. Oh, absolutely. In terms of cost, that would have,
0: that would have been vaporware, yeah, potentially. And then you're out, you're out. You know, thousands of people spending, uh, you know, four hundred dollars or three fifty with with shipping, and just that sickens me to think that someone wants to do that. To the quote-unquote community and the hobby that we love. Mm. So if I'm going to be overzealous, so be it. If Ian's going to be overzealous about something, like that all for it. Calling out shit like this, calling out people selling reproduction cards, calling out scumbag sellers a week. I don't fucking care. I'm going to do it. Ian's going to do it. Ian has done it. Yes, Gu- guilty as charged. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's my stance on that. So when I spoke to John again about, uh, you know, we're cool. We're cool guys, seriously. Uh, I John said he uh, he might want to do uh, an apology video. Um, I said it's not necessary. I knew I knew where he was coming from. He got betrayed by Mike Kennedy. He was deceived, and you know he he was I, be, I guess being loyal to him in some way on some uh, on some service. This is a guy he's worked with, I guess, in this project for like a year. Going well,
1: back. and it's kind of an exciting prospect. I mean, you've got a guy who's putting out games on, you know, other systems, versus Super Nintendo. You know, they're going to be putting it on things like Steam. But, um, you know, there's kind of the, the... From his standpoint, I mean, I can see the kind of cool uh, idea of, you know, just having one of your games on a cartridge. You know, I mean, yeah. and and that's like maybe it wasn't thought through any further than that, but it's like, hey, it would be cool to see my game on a cartridge with a label as opposed, you know, uh, you know, a unique. Well, wouldn't actually, it's not unique because it would have been a Jaguar cartridge, but you know, <laughs> what you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, it's exciting to
0: say, hey, I'm actually producing something for a new console, right? Even if it is just a Super Nintendo game repackaged in a in a new Jaguar shell. So I just want to uh, touch on some things real quick to clarify from his video. I have a transcript here, and again, this isn't me trying to slam John, but he said some things I think I need to clarify. Um Real quick, uh, he mentioned me working on the retro magazine, uh, saying I worked closely on it. Uh, I I wasn't on the team. I was a freelance writer that wrote for issues two, three, four, and five.
1: I was gonna say you weren't even in the first issue. I
0: wasn't even the first issue, which pissed me off because Mike Mike Kennedy used my name to pr- promote the Kickstarter, used my image, which I gave him permission to. But I was also like one of the featured writers, along with uh, it was always like uh, uh, f- featuring uh, Jeremy Parrish, Chris Kohler, Pat the A-N-S Punk, and Sean Baby. It was always us four. Which so I'm like, okay, that's cool. Uh, but then they didn't have me in the first issue, and I was always afraid, well, if, any, if even two people bought this subscription and think they're going to see me writing it, and I'm not even in the first issue, that's bullshit. Absolutely bullshit. Mm-hmm. So basically, to make a long story short, uh, the editor was unprofessional. He thought who the hell he was. Um, I was only given six or seven days uh, sometimes to write my article, which is bullshit for a magazine that's supposed to come out every two months. That's absolutely bullshit. That's awful planning and organization. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel I was writing to the best of my ability in only seven days. I had to rush things to do it. And I was paid, I found out later, far less than other writers. So at that point, I'm like, why am I writing it? I mean, my name's in print, but who cares? It wasn't worth it. It was unprofessional how it was run."
1: Long story short, your your involvement in the magazine was uh, auxiliary. I mean, not not really there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And to, to my credit... I actually kept that, that out of my coverage of the retro VGS. Yeah. You know, I I didn't want to let it sour. You could say, oh, Pat, you were biased. No. I would have said the same exact shit if I was still writing for the magazine. Um, like I said, uh, John was upset that I didn't exclude his name. And like I said before, um, I didn't feel I needed to since we never included it ever. And I singled out specific individuals and entities in that video I did.
1: Right. So if you're not... You called out a group of... A nameless group of individuals. And, I mean, obviously you mentioned names with magazines and things like that. And websites
0: that that were just spitting out press releases.
1: I can understand where he would hear that and get defensive. However, I feel like, one, it's best to sleep on it and let cooler heads prevail. Um, And that's not... Uh, an attack at, at, at John. We we have all been in that position where we haven't done that. Absolutely, and, and things have you know, and then we we do something like a, a, you know we react in a way that we wish we hadn't. Um, but more importantly, if no names are named, but you feel like you're being attacked, it's probably not best to jump to that conclusion and make it public. Because then you're attaching yourself to it. Sure. You went from a, a, a nameless person who may or may not have been intended in that group and then you went and made yourself a person in that I, group.
0: I th- I said to John on the phone, I wish there was a way you can't do it. I would have loved to seen the heat that would have happened. Anyway, I said, I said straight up, John, you would have got heat either way. You would have got heat. And I think deep down he agreed. I think so. Um... I was just the first one to put that video out, but they were coming. Uh, Review Tech USA put out a video later that day. That probably got 60,000, 70,000 views. Other people were putting out stuff. Stuff was going to be written on Atari Age. Um, I
1: think anyone who did not immediately distance themselves from the project, who had kind of been with them since day one, sure. um, was going to get that heat. The difference is Pico Interactive made the. Effort, I think, fairly quickly after everything uh, started falling apart, to distance themselves. Pico, it, Pico Interactive where, was always dropping hints that we think this is fishing. Where John, uh, maybe not, not not maliciously, but no. John didn't. I don't think he knew what to say about that or how to come out and address sure. the situation. I think
0: if if John, I think if John pulled away from this before, maybe after the uh, the Super Nintendo and a Jag Shell, he would have been fine. Right, no one would associate with him. Like uh, he would have just said, "Okay, I'm done with this." Yeah. Um, but I think what people did was they figured, wait a second, uh, you know, Pico Interactive isn't on YouTube. No, there's no one on YouTube. Sure. There's no one on YouTube associated uh, even indirectly with the project except for John. Sure. So because he... John cause John had an announcement video uh, about the Retro VGS, and the the one thing that did him in, and I, it's unfortunate, but it happened. He did a nearly hour long interview with Mike Kennedy on his channel back in the fall. Right. Which I think was could have been a direct response to us criticizing the original indiegogo and mike probably asked john hey john let me be on your your channel you can interview me we can clear up some stuff and i think once that happened um that gave people an association there there's mike kennedy there's the retro vgs which was almost a Coleco chameleon the same shell and there's john and that video did not do well on his channel that video got a lot of thumbs down Right. People are like, what is this video?
1: I mean, it's not like they were really entirely separate entities. The VGS just rolled and turned into the Kameko the sure. Chameleon.
0: So I think, I think he would have got heat regardless. You can disagree with me. Anyone else can disagree with me, but I think that's that's the association, people. It's not like they
1: sell Pat's video. All right, Pat didn't mention his name. Let's go attack John. I, unfortunately for him, by being a person with a larger social media presence... He's a bigger bullseye, so someone like Pico Interactive cannot be easily attacked. If they wanted to attack Pico Interactive, however, and Mike Kennedy is hard—I mean, you can't track that guy down. No, so, Mike. Mike. Mike's gone. Mike. So, so who? They're looking for a live target. Is is essentially what it is. And yes, I agree. I don't know if it, I, I don't know what extent it would have been to. There's no way of knowing, but there would have been some sort of flack. I think.
0: Sure. Um... So I think at the end of the day, like I said, uh, John's a good guy. I think he, he I think he, like I said, I think he was uh, he he saw negative uh, comments on his videos, probably his Twitter and Facebook, and he's like fuck pet, you know, and just lashed out. You know what? I, I spoke to Jay the day before that video thinking there's a chance uh, John could do that, potentially. Who knows? And I said, hey, I can take the heat. And I honestly can. If John needs to deflect from himself, that's fine. I just didn't think John would, would take it that far and mention things that I spoke to him on the phone that I didn't think he should have brought up so I'm not going to bring him up now no we smoothed it out no there's cool. no reason to and no.
1: I think I think a lot of it is one like you said, feeling back into a corner but uh, I think a good thing that needs to be brought up is um, people stirring the, the, the pot uh, oh I'm yeah not, I'm not going to touch on it too much but you know if he's getting attacked or even if he's not getting attacked but even people who who are uh, anyone who's bringing you up throwing that video at him, it's going to make it seem more and more like an attack. The more and more he has to read about it from people, the more it's brought up to him. Even if the video wasn't, it can be, it can be framed that way yes. before he's even seen it.
0: And 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 we when we we briefly uh, talked on Facebook the day I put the video out, and I said, "I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry you're getting this reaction. You have to distance yourself from the project," and I meant that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where I'm in this weird role where I know John, but I'm also reporting on this awful project at the same time. You know, I'm not going to not report on it. You know, I I can't do that. I feel a need to. You feel a need to. Imagine if I can't yeah. you say, "Ian, I'm not going to talk about this because I know I know someone is uh, developing for it."
1: <laughs> I would have done something on my fucking iPhone and uploaded. Yeah,
0: you would be like, "Hey guys, I'm, I'm playing Madra. I want to talk about this right now." <laughs> so I said, "I'm cool with John. Everything's fine there." Um I got some heat you saw me get get some heat from people coming at me harassing me on Twitter. Um, I could take it. I feel bad if other people you know think that that was their opportunity to cut me down or say, you know what we don't like Pat for whatever reason and this is what we're gonna go after him for right. this is what we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take our stance on pat calling out a fraud system I was gonna say this is a weird that's battle. A, that's a weird place to pick your battle. That's a weird hill to die on about, oh, Pat's, might be a, Pat's a little overzealous trying to pr- protect the hobby he loves in the community, but we're just going to go after him. So at the end of the day, I could take it. And let me just say this. People uh, saying that, well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? Um, if John came to me and, and he admitted like, if John came to me beforehand and said, Pat, I really feel uh, that you should really have done something different. Oh yeah, I would have said something in a second. You know what I'm not going to say something? When people try to bully me, oh yeah. When people demand me do something, I ain't gonna do it. You mean you don't like
1: it when people tell you to do something?
0: No, Ian. You might know that I'm a little hard headed, but especially when I really feel that I'm being targeted uh, unnecessarily, uh, I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna respond to you and dignify you. So th- those people out there actually made it worse. Those people that that fermented it, and like tweeted twelve times at me and forced me to. Uh, blocked your Twitter. Oh, I'm so sorry. I blocked your Twitter. I'm sure you'll get over it. Ah, I can't tweet a pet anymore. I'm sorry. I don't need you. You know, and I'm sorry. I would do it again in a fucking second, and so would you. Ian, I think
1: it's not like stabbing a person and twisting the knife. It's just how, shutting them up on your Twitter feed. No, I mean talking about. I mean, oh, that. I just mean talking about this stuff. Oh yeah, of course. No, like absolutely. I said,
0: if I'm going to err on the side, uh, you have two. You have two choices. You can try to try to report on this stuff and try to see where it's he- uh, going and try to head it off at the pass when you think it's a bad idea, or you can quote-unquote uh, try to stay neutral on it.
1: No. I-, I will call bullshit wherever there is bullshit, and this was bullshit, obviously, from the very beginning. There was, there was no staying neutral on this. There was staying even-keeled. Sure. But there was no staying neutral.
0: Which I think we stayed even-keeled for the most part.
1: Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean when shit like this happens and it needs to be discussed we discuss uh, and, it
0: and when people say uh you guys your your words carry weight uh i i think people might think that because they respect what we've done on the podcast to this point we we've been diligent and the best of our abilities maybe not always knowing what we're talking
1: about Oh, I fucked stuff 100%. up, but I mean... But I'm saying in general, in they're a- trusting our judgment when it comes to this stuff. The average is on our side.
0: Sure. So again, uh, if you're going to call me a bad guy and or Ian, Ian didn't take the heat either, which is fine. You know, Ian got to rest uh, while I took the heat. <laughs> uh, um, no heat for no, Imagine if you were in that video with me. Oh, that would have been, been one for the ages. Yep. Oh, that would have been one for <of> the ages. <laughs> I think you would have threw my butters at me.
1: Let's not dwell on ifs.
0: Okay. Yeah, exactly. Let's not dwell on ifs. Let's just move on with our lives. We're moving on right so, now. So, like I said, uh, John's a good guy. Uh, I think he was deceived, just like every, just like Calico Holdings was deceived, just like people he used to work with at Retro Magazine uh, slash Game Gavel LLC. And, you know, you move on from it, hopefully. And we do the rest of our podcast.
1: And now it's time for us to move on, because that was 52 minutes of basically one topic. Hey, Jesus Christ! Yeah. So, um... In other news, Activision is not going to be at E3 this year. Um, Activision has determined that they don't need the booth, and they are going to be demoing some of their games. Uh, notably, I think the new Call of Duty by uh, Infinity Ward. Um, they will be demoing at a, at the Sony booth. They just they just don't need their own booth. Um, this comes on the heels of E3, uh, E3 of EA announcing that they are not going to have a booth at uh, E3 this year. Um, This is leaving E3 looking pretty barren, and I I really think the days are numbered for E3. Um, There's a reason for this. Um, E3 used to be something really exciting. Uh, When you had game magazines, you always looked forward to E3 coverage. You always wanted to see what was new. Um, Before the interwebs. Yeah, E3 was packed. Um, Even when the internet started to become something that was in most people's homes, um, the ways to get this info out there quickly was... It was much quicker, but it wasn't... it, it, It still... It still took time. Uh, Oddly enough, because Nintendo is usually slow on technology, I think Nintendo was the first company to really realize how pointless E3 was. Um, When they basically dropped their E3 attendance, uh, did a conference, and then did their Nintendo Directs. Why? Because most people who are going to be playing video games have an internet connection, have a way to do this, and they can show you. You don't have to read it through a filter, through someone else, yes. Uh, they show you exactly what they want to show you. They show you the games, and you get this piecemealed out to you throughout the year, so you can get excited about their games throughout the year. They do like, like four a year, uh, about I think more than that. I some years. So um, direct
0: advertising instead of going through someone
1: else. Exactly. Right. So I mean, other companies realize this too. Uh, online uh, magazine article, or not, online website articles, um, you know, trailer videos, all these things. Are now accomplishing what E3 used to be needed for, and um, with big players like Nintendo, EA, Activision gone, that's not leaving you with a whole lot. Well, you're always going. Yeah, to Nintendo's going to be there doing something. Well, yes, I'm just, But yeah, what I'm talking Microsoft about. Is, is always... I'm talking about floor presence.
0: Well, Nintendo has always has their their big
1: stuff there, don't they? No, I'm fairly certain Nintendo hasn't had anything for two or three years. Well, I did three years ago. That I was there. Uh, okay, then maybe two. I mean, they announced that, I mean, I know they have some something I believe with the treehouse, but they don't have yeah, the they, same, always... they don't have the presence that they used to. I'm I'm almost positive if you look at the current floor plan for E3, they're not on there. Oh, is there one? Oh, okay, I'll while well, you I'll I'll um, take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, unless it was a joke, but I don't think it was. Well, isn't also uh is EA not going to be there? I already said that. Okay. Um so Good. anyways, you threw me off so anyways e3 <laughs> is not needed anymore um it's not blank statement fuck it for everyone uh you know i've had employees we've, we've, we've sent employees up the past two years i've never had any interest in going not since like 99 2000 and you know what uh the one guy went two years in a row because it gave him a break from family duties and last year uh, one of our other employees went because he had never been but the report back was never positive it was always like, oh, yeah, we were at E3 for, like, maybe three, four hours. The rest of the time, we were just bombing around L.A., eating, doing stupid shit. Um, I, I just don't think there's anything there to see anymore. So I'm just going
0: to say this about E3 and coverage in general. We, uh, we, I've always spoke about how the mainstream gaming sites are dying out. Mm-hmm. Stuff like game is dying out be, because it's shifted. Um You can market directly to people easier with the internet, with YouTube. So instead of um, EA having a big booth where they're spending potentially $100,000 or more on it, it could be a lot more than that, I don't know.
1: Probably a lot, though.
0: Make your promo videos, put them on your YouTube channel, fly out five or ten big YouTubers, uh, they can play a beta version of your game, hell of a lot less, and then you get them to spread the word for you in their own videos... Well, it's done, it's absolutely done. You don't need to hire, you know, fifty people to work your booth. All the cost of transporting all that shit, the the booth space, uh, the prep time, and all that. The breaking down time, it seems like a ton of work when the output is getting diminished each year. Right. Um, so uh, that's where we're headed. I'm not. I'm not saying you won't have an E3. Uh, in five, ten years, you're probably always going to have it for stuff like indie games. It probably still always makes sense or smaller. No, smaller it, large, it
1: you not know, You so, no. still think it does? No, because you have things like uh, the the uh, you have things like Indiecade. You have um, the IGF. What was it? There's there's like three very large. Um, indie game festivals that basically cover anything basically uh are the e3 of of that world um so yeah there's there's no need for e3 for that either oh or can i not i'm not gonna be able to run into hulk hogan anymore while i was walking it's and, it's yeah it's just gonna be an empty hall uh, at some point and i honestly wouldn't be surprised if within the next five years it's done
0: you heard here folks heard it here folks 2021 no e3 no more christmas <laughs>
1: Ian, what's going on with that Pokemon Sun and Moon for 3DS? So, there's not a whole lot to say right now, because it's just been announced, but um, it's the 20th anniversary of Pokemon this year, and they are, of course, like clockwork, they're going to put out um, two new versions, Sun and Moon. What's interesting is it appears that they are... um, for the first time, uh, bypassing uh, doing a third version of the last generation. So there was, just like there was red and blue, and then we got yellow, mm-hmm. there was gold and silver, we got crystal, uh, and onwards. Uh, they changed things a little bit with black and white, and they gave you black 2 and white 2, um, which were uh, sequel stories, and kind of fit the bill of what the third ones used to be. So X and Y come out, and everyone's kind of expecting a Z. And instead they announced these two new titles. Um, the thing that's, that has been announced for this, that does excite me is for the 20th anniversary, they released, uh, virtual console releases of red, blue, and yellow on, um, the 3ds. And while you can't do internet trading, you can do wireless trading with people who are in the same room with you battles, no cables needed. It's kind of cool. Okay. Um, but what's even neater is that there is going to be through Pokemon Bank, which is an application that lets you store like your vast amounts of Pokemon uh, in a cloud. Basically, uh, you'll be able to transfer those to Sun and Moon, which is something you can't do with any of the other Poke, uh, Pokemon games. So I think that's really neat, and that's going to kind of be not entirely, I know, but one of the fir- Like it's going to kind of be the first instance of taking those old Game Boy games and. Letting you transfer them to a, 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 f- a much further generation. Um, there's always been ways with like the GBA ones and the DS ones to kind of yeah, sort of transfer your Pokemon up to the next version. Um, but you haven't been able to do that with the original ones. You could trade some up to I believe gold and silver, but uh, that was about as far as it went. So I think that's a neat feature for them to throw in gives people more incentive to play the um, the originals on the virtual console. And that that should be pretty cool. But other than that, not a whole lot is announced. It appears there's going to be new mega evolutions. Uh, but the starters aren't known. The region isn't known yet. Um, so there's going to be a lot more information forthcoming.
0: And that is why there won't be E3 in five years. <laughs> because just I can just us. rattle off five sentences. <laughs> he can rattle off Nintendo's press release
1: for the Pokemon <laughs> games coming out. The thing about Pokemon is like... I, I At this point, are they, are, is the audience just as big as it was uh, 20 years ago? Yes. I, I mean, it, working the retail side of it, uh, yeah. I mean, I still get multiple, multiple calls a day for Pokemon titles. Pokemon titles do not last. Um, and it's all ages, all, all generations. So it's people
0: discovering it as well as the people that were kids 20 years ago.
1: It's all ages and all generations of systems. Uh, they fly out the door. Um, yeah, on. and it's it, it's huge. Um, part of I, what I've always found kind of interesting is with San Diego being a military town. Um, the the Navy, Pokemon camouflage. The, no, uh, a lot of the Navy and Marines, uh, they will buy before they deploy. Them and all their friends will come in and clear us out of Game Boys and Pokemon cartridges because nice. it's like if you need like one thing to waste a shitload of time on when you're bored and you're overseas or you're in the middle of the ocean. You're on a carrier Pokemon's gonna do it. So
0: that's funny as hell.
1: Yeah, it's it's always fun. I can always tell when some when when there's a large deployment, so
0: our, our our troops fighting for us and playing with pocket monsters at the same time. It kind, <laughs>
1: kind of makes it kind of makes it you tear up for
0: America. <laughs> you know what's funny? When you see TurboGraphic sixteen trending on Twitter, and you have to like scratch your eyes, and wondering what the hell is going on with that, and then you realize. It's because Kanye West nonchalantly tweets out that TurboGrafx-16 is going to be the title of his next album coming out <laughs> in the summer. And and I, and everyone loses their fucking minds, especially anyone associated with video games at all.
1: I was going to say, I don't know if everyone lost their mind, but... Well, his I, fans lost our, their minds. Our community certainly did. Um, it's interesting. The guy's a fucking asshole. I mean, fuck him. I really don't like Kanye Fish, West. Uh, I just don't. Um great producer big asshole oh he's a great artist um not gonna deny him that but it it does kind of humanize someone because his tweets were like giddy yeah it was like I'm thinking about when I was a kid yeah it was like back in 1990 it was like he just sat down and he's like what the fuck man Fuck it. I miss playing video games. Yeah. I love Blazing Lasers, you know? So it was just, it's it's weird to see a celebrity on that level, especially someone like Kanye who holds himself in such high regard that you would never expect him to just fucking start talking about video games.
0: He said nerd vibes and is like, he's remember himself being a geeky kid. Yeah. You have to be a geek if you had the Terminal 16. Right. It's not like a random thing you get. You have to, like, go... You have to you say have to specifically
1: ask you for You have that. to say,
0: you know what? I want that one console that no one else in my town has. <laughs> I always say, literally, it was me who had a TurboGrafx-16, and the kid literally crossed town in the biggest... Literally, the biggest house in the town I lived in whose family won the lottery. Yeah. And we were the only ones who had the TurboGrafx-16 that I knew of. And, and I got mine because I won it in a newspaper contest. Yep. Which I've told you this point. Love... It's an insane story, but it's true. It's a good one, though. Um, so he, he sent out a few tweets... So he would have been he was born in seventy seven, so he would have been twelve when it came out, thirteen when it got more popular. It was popular like a year and a half. Um, you know. So perfect age for it. But that but then he mentions he he mentions blazing lasers, enjoying playing blazing lasers. And that to me is not like he's not just like first of all, you can't you can't try to be a poser for geek culture and bring up TurboGrafx 16s that's like that's like digging a hole out in the backyard somewhere and finding gold you know what i mean like that's not something even video game fans know about especially people modern what the fuck's a turbografx 16
1: right it's it's yeah. i mean there are people who come into the store and they look at a TurboGrafx and they go what's that and i i tell them about it it's yeah it's not something that's just known about most people know about a Sega Genesis if he if he said that he the reaction would not have been as big if he was like, "My next album is going to be called Sega Genesis." Yeah, people
0: are like, "Oh, okay, that's that's cool, still, but it's not like that's not he's not one of us." Then
1: that's not a, he's
0: one of him. us. He's my pal. What? Ugh. I don't know
1: that you want him to be your pal. But then he tweets.
0: But then he tweets. Well, tweets. He remembers playing with his friend playing Neo Geo. Yeah,
1: and then so, spy hunter at his mom's. So it's uh, not. I mean, he was playing at the, even at the time esoteric consoles.
0: So, obviously, his friend has money if he had a Neo Geo console. We're talking, what was that? Like, $600, $500? I think it was $6. In ninety ninety one, What was that? I think it was 6 So, that's a ton of money back then. So, like, it's a $1,000 now. Yeah. And his friend just nonchalantly had a Neo Geo. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I ever think I'd be able to like Kanye West in any way, shape, or form, especially after he blew up on the Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago saying he was, you know, better than Kubrick and more important than all these, and better than Picasso, more important. You know, he's full of himself, obviously. Uh, but but he is talented but you know what he likes TurboGrafx-16 for that one moment for that one moment you're like what? Well, you know what he's a, he's a dude you're just a person he's a fucking dude <laughs> now he's like if he came over and saw the games he'd be like fuck yeah he'd know them would, he would know some of them now I want to know exactly every single game he had now <laughs> He's like, yeah, I was rocking those TTI late system titles. Yeah, I had Hero Toma. <laughs> You're like, holy shit! It's just weird because you can't. I'm trying to think of an equivalent of that happening with video games or anything else where you would geek out that much. You know, like it would be like if 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 Tom Hanks said, oh yeah, I remember reading Maximum Carnage. You know, back in the day and loving it. It'd be like, what the hell? Sure. You know, it it, it 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 connects you to something that you love that closely. And it's from a big douchebag at the same time, so it it was this weird feeling when you saw it. You're probably like, what? And it wasn't even you know it didn't have the dash in between the sixteen and everything. It wasn't exactly spelled you know with the same. But it, it's it was there. Trevor Crafty sixteen, the first and last time we may ever see it, except when the album comes out. You
1: if he, he, he keeps, keeps that out because he he changes the titles of his albums. All Someone the time.
0: tweeted a great picture. It was uh uh what was it? Kanye Courage in Alpha Zone and AlphaZone that put his face on the Keith. Courage. It was hysterical. <laughs> It was hysterical. Anything else? It was just... It was the feel-good moment about a a week ago. Yeah. I believe. A week and a half ago. It was fun. Who's next? Oh. This is not a video game topic directly. Nor is it movies. It actually does kind of play into games. Well, collecting. A little bit. But it was a dream scenario where seven rare Ty Cobb baseball cards, all the same type were discovered. These came out between nineteen oh uh, nine 1909, and 1911, uh, Ty Cobb, uh, one of, th- one of the first members of the hall of fame, I believe. Um, he was one of the best hitters ever. Uh, and he played obviously over a hundred years ago. Uh, he's second in hits to Pete Rose. Um, you know, over 4,000 hits, you know, kind of notorious played for like 25 years or so played for a long time. So, uh, there was only fifteen of this particular card. Between it came out between nineteen oh nine and nineteen eleven. They packed these in with tobacco packs. so You get a card in it. That'd be just cool. Have, I mean, it's like bu- before bubble gum. I guess packed in. That's where it, that's where it came up with bubble gum cards. Right. Know. Tobacco cards. Who would have thunk? Tobacco can kill you. Well, it could. Um, so there are only fifteen of these known to exist before this point. Right. So what happened was, there was a, I guess they were clearing out their great grandparents' place. They see a brown paper bag. They're ready to throw it out, but they say, let's see what's inside. And they find seven of these cards somehow there. And they didn't know anything about it. Like, what is this?
1: Well, they assume that, um, well, basically their their grandfather uh, used a lot of tobacco to roll his own uh, cigarettes. And I believe they said pipes as well, though you wouldn't use that type of tobacco for a pipe. Anyways, um, so it stands to reason that he accumulated a number of these just by buying the same type of tobacco over and over again, and just left them in a stack. But
0: seven of this particular one, that's to, that to me is intriguing. Because it's not that you can't find uh, tobacco baseball cards. They're out there. Sure. There's a, there's actually a decent amount out there. I mean, they're not worth a ton of money. Ma- like, the common ones aren't worth like a ton of, of money.
1: Sure. I'm just saying, I, I mean, maybe it was a special promotion for that period of time. Um, but anyways, uh, maybe he bought a bunch of packs at the same time and, and ended up with those cards. Either way, uh, you know, they, they speculate that it was because he just bought a lot of tobacco and probably held on to them. Um, how they got shuffled around so many times that they ended up in a brown paper bag is beyond That's me. B- before someone realized, hey, they weren't destroyed, these might be worth something. Um, but what's interesting to me is in this article, uh, one of the first things the one of the guys says when, when, when they're talking about the, the worth is that um, now with these... In the market, so many more in the market. It's funny that seven is so many more in the wow. market, but 15, it is when there's only 15.
0: increases by 50%.
1: Um, you're still talking seven figures. Sure. But this is kind of what we've always talked about with the rarity of video games is that if there's a, you know, these people who are holding 10 copies of stadium events, if even 50 more are found somewhere.
0: 50?
1: Eight? Eight. Nine. I'm just saying, I'm thinking of a box.
0: Because you have a very limited number of people spend that much money. Right. Especially, at least with video games. With sports cards, um, like that Onus Wagner, like Gretzky, I think, owns one. I think Tom McFarlane owns one. So you have people willing to shell out the cash for that. Is McFarlane going to buy a rare video game? Mm, Probably not, because it doesn't have the same cultural significance as a baseball card or a comic
1: card. I'm just saying, introducing anything that's, that's worth whether it's I mean I know that video games are different but when you introduce anything that's worth money you're going to bring down the price
0: well this is this is why I wanted to talk about this for two reasons one yes there's always the risk of this happening with video games this is case in point this is far rarer than a stadium event yeah far rarer and seven were found in one place and and it's a hundred years old that's insane yep the, the odds of that happening are insane. And there could be more out there. There probably are. Whenever they, people talk about, uh, you know, what was it, the Mile High Collection comics, when, you know, one place they had stored the comics forever and their own pre- golden age comics in pristine c- condition, this stuff happens. Right. People keep shit, they hoard it, and then it becomes rare. And 60, 70 years later, after the person's dead, someone finds it. It happens. It, it Could it happen to video games? Yes. And especially with people, collectors start dying off the next 20 years. You'll, you'll have, like, the special collections of maybe collectors that people don't even know about. People compile stuff on eBay over 20, 30 years. They die in their 60s. All of a sudden, you got two stadium events on the market. Right. I, I know an older collector. I see sometimes the swap meet. I know he has the stadium events. He told me. I know his other stuff. He's not a young guy. What happens in 20 years with his collection? Someone's going to get it.
1: People clean out of this house and find it. Exactly, and it reintroduces one.
0: But what if what if that what if it's not found for fifty years? You know, it's interesting. That's interesting to me is that because yes, it could, dist- it, could it could it could it's going to hurt the value, and I'm sure those fifteen people depends if they care about the whole thing about investing versus being a collector.
1: It's still a goddamn seven figure card.
0: They were in pretty good condition. They showed the picture of all yeah, seven. Yeah, they were. The other the other interesting thing was the people they brought it to were were, were um I think they brought it they brought it originally locally somewhere. They were totally honest about what it was. They didn't try to steal it from them. Nice. Which which make, makes me say, yes, there are good people yeah. out there. Yeah. I was listening to Bomani Jones. He's on ESPN. He's actually really funny. Um, and he said, yeah, if that was me, they'd come in, eh, yeah, they're not the right ones. They're kind of, you know, I'll give like 500 bucks from them for your show. They're not worth <laughs> anything. Uh, no, but they are honest, and they send it to a PSA, who authenticate and, and grade them. And this is something you want to authenticate and grade. Uh, yeah this you know, this
1: a, makes sense.
0: A, a baseball card that that's all you do with it is look at it and you protect it and it's 100 years old and it gets damaged uh just sitting on air. Yeah. Uh you know. But yeah, now they're going to make a ton of money and good for them. Good for them. So, anything uh, else to add to this story?
1: No, I just think it's incredibly cool. That's that's really all I have. Someone's going to gonna say find
0: Nintendo's they're going to find a uh, 50 golden WCs packed away they never came, <laughs> they
1: never released them. They're ready to go. So, the creator of Daisy Um, is talking about virtual reality and how it's going to be similar to the Wii, he thinks. Jay-Z said that? Um, His uh, name is Dean Hall. And I think he brings up some valid points here. Uh, You know, Everyone's kind of excited about VR. Everyone wants to try it out, look at it. It's cool. But much like playing a game with motion controls, how long are you really going to want to be on your feet playing that motion control game? Well, as the Wii taught us, not very long the VR um, he brings up that he thinks the big hurdle is going to be creating games that people are going to want to play for more than 20 minutes and I agree um when you think about putting on a VR headset and losing yourself in another world and how it cuts you off um and the fact that it's a novelty and depending on how much physical interaction is required or if you can just use a controller which you can I know obviously you know with the Oculus and these things come packed with controllers um you have to wonder how long people are going to want to do it for uh, before they get tired of it. My thinking is it's going to be real similar to the Wii where at some point people are going to go, all I want to do is sit down on my couch with a beer mm-hmm. and play a game on my TV. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's always going to come to. Whether it's a PC game or uh, you know, a PS4 or 5 in the future – at the end of the day, people want to veg when they play games, and I don't see virtual reality as a vegetative, vegetative no, experience. No, it, it's very
0: active. Yeah. You have to look around, and up and down, and it's, Jesus Christ, what if you want to lay back on your couch? Now you can't, because now you're looking up at something. You can't lay down on your couch.
1: Well, you, I mean... It's you,
0: very active.
1: Or, or you, you switch it completely to controller control, and you're just getting the VR effect without moving around, but still, like I said, you're committing yourself to a device that's strapped to your face. Yes, and I think at some point they're not light either, are they? That light? Don't know, don't know. But at some point, people are going to be like, "Yo, this game would be pretty cool if it was just kind of flattened on my TV."
0: Or say, "I want to sip my soda without n- not knowing where it is." <laughs>
1: you know? Like, yeah. So I, I I can't disagree. It will be interesting to see how people tackle this problem. As people I, want to make this some people really want to make virtual reality. I thing. think.
0: Oh, it's going to be a thing, but I think with games is going to be sort of it's it's never going to get over there. Right, it's always going to be for I think virtual vacations, going somewhere, you want to see your family back in Buffalo, set up a little camera thing, and you can be there and you can look around and be there. Yeah, Uh, stuff like that. I think that, and of course, porn. It's going to be huge for porn.
1: Huge for porn. Uh, I know that people mock it and say it's not going to be just for virtual museum tours anymore, but honestly, it's like touring me around a place that I can't go. Like you said it, basically, a virtual vacation. Um, Taking me through an art museum. um, Giving me the experience roughly of walking through uh, a deciduous forest, which I'm nowhere near anymore. I've mentioned that before because, God, I love walking through the forest. Um, those are the things that appeal to me, and those are also experiences that you can break up into bite-sized chunks sure. at 20 minutes at a time, um, or even get all you want in the case of, you know, like I said, walking through a forest or you know, walking down a canyon trail. Um, and then you're done with it. Games require a lot more commitment. You can't play something like Skyrim in 20-minute bursts. So how do you make it something that people want to play for more than that?
0: Plus there's the orientation factor once you take it off. Can you play this for like two hours not, without being fucked up after you take it off?
1: I, I have no idea. Right. Uh, you, I, I, I
0: can't imagine it's going to be pleasant. If, if, if you can't play Virtual Boy for fifteen minutes without it screwing with your head, you know I'm, I'm sure this is, is not going to be that t- is going to be tougher. It's going to be tougher on some people than others. More for some people than others. Yeah, getting getting used to it. some people that 3D messes with their mind too much.
1: Well, that, that's another thing I was thinking of, and I know it's obviously very different. But you know, you look at something like the 3DS, and I think it's a very good um, kind of analogy similar to the Wii, possibly what virtual reality will be. The 3D on a 3DS is actually pretty impressive. It's nice looking, but. I slide it down to nothing within four minutes of starting a game. Sure, as do most people. Because, like I said, it's at the end of the day, you don't need the gimmick. You just want the 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 experience of relaxing and playing something. And I don't know that I just I just don't know that I see VR being that.
0: It's going to be for porn.
1: Yeah, but I, I,
0: I guarantee you, you're going to have uh, spend uh, uh, your favorite porn stars spend a thousand dollars an hour and hang out with them. That's
1: going to happen probably within... Th- I, I'm going to say within three years you're going to have that. Or you just buy a, a product that has enough AI involved that...
0: I was going to say enough appendages to help out. <laughs> that too. That's going to come too. Not literally, or maybe. Maybe. All right. Time, it's time now, Ian, for the... We haven't done this to this point, but we have a nice source for the NX Rumor Roundup.
1: So this is kind of interesting to me. For the game um, show song. Yeah. The... There's a lot of rumors that have been coming about the NX. And, and Pat and I have kind of avoided them. But this source uh, goes by Gino. And this person... Hey, Gino! This person in particular has been fairly accurate with certain predictions in the past. Um, what they outline is kind of interesting. But it only sounds like half of what's to come. Um, but it, it kind of details the, the, the handheld portion of this. That basically this thing is going to have a wireless HDMI adapter that plugs in flush to the back of the system. And that you would pop it out um, and you would put it into any HDMI-capable device and it would stream wirelessly uh, to um, the TV, kind of making use of the wireless uh, connection between a Wii uh, Wii U gamepad and the Wii U. That's, it's, ba- that's essentially what it's except
0: doing. Except in reverse. Instead of the signal coming from the yes. system to your controller, it's going from this system of the handheld to the TV.
1: Right. Um, and that uh, it would have uh, haptic feedback, which is when your controls are going to provide actual resistance. So if you're using a joystick and you run into a wall, um, the joystick will actually resist uh, where the wall res- will, will give resistance where the wall is when you're pushing the stick with like a motor inside. Yeah, it. Uh, and I I don't know to what extent they, that that works on Steam, but the Steam controller uses haptics, uh, ha- so I I have no doubt that that rumor could potentially be true, because um, it's already in place in other controllers. Um, they talk about how there's going to be a lot of social integration in it. What is curious to me is that they don't. Doesn't mention... There's no mention of the media. Um, I have seen rumors on other sets that talk about carts. Um, They talk about how the power is going to be similar to an Xbox One. You're not going to put games, though, that play on Xbox One and PS4 on a cartridge like you would a handheld.
0: No, I think the cartridge thing... I don't understand how that makes any sense.
1: Neither do I. Um, Even though it's been rumored since the very beginning that this next... The the NX would be... um, uh, entirely uh, physical media free. I want to give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt here and say that they're not going to make the stupid mistake that Microsoft did and talk about th- how things are going to be mostly digital. Uh, I mean, they yeah. didn't, they didn't. I mean, Microsoft didn't say it would be all digital, but you know, they they were leaning towards that. I don't think Nintendo is yep. going to be that stupid. So, what there still needs to be, and this still ties into the original rumors of it being a handheld console hybrid is there still needs to be some sort of set-top box that would accept some sort of media. Um, Maybe you could transfer something to the handheld. Maybe Buy an adapter for a disc or or, something? Or or, 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 or simply download the game to the handheld to internal storage so that you can take it on the go. Um, Use that HDMI converter to play it on a TV in another room or take it to a friend's house. I think
0: think you're not going to see physical go away because it'll piss off retailers.
1: Well, yes. I, I just don't think... Nintendo... That's, that's the first reason we go on. Well, I was just going to say, after the Wii U failing in the way it did, which is a shame, lovely console, um, I just don't see Nintendo taking any huge risks with things no. like with, with con- um, media.
0: There's still underdeveloped uh, areas, not just in the U.S., but in the world, that don't have great internet. And so you're basically screwing them over and costing yourself sales if you get rid of, of physical media.
1: Let me go back to the All military. The, if, I was going to
0: say, military? You're going to fuck over the military. You, you you don't want the military buying your console if they're if they're in Afghanistan on some sort of forward operating base or they're on some uh, you know some ship somewhere. Uh, it's not a good idea to get rid of physical media. There's no. just no real advantage uh, in terms of yeah our, our prop margin will be a little better, but you're going to have less sales overall.
1: I honestly see it as kind of being like how um the Vita I mean it's felt console but how the Vita interacts with the uh, the PS4. I kind of see that being how this is going to be packaged and bundled, because there's a lot of games that you can cross-buy okay. for the PS4 that you can then put on your 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 Vita and play them, and you can upload the saves to a cloud server and download I them on, on on onto the console. So okay. I think that could be similar, because as memory cards get bigger and bigger, and you're talking gigabytes and gigabytes, we could... God, the cards aren't big enough yet, but... I'm still trying to think about, you you could conceivably put, not many, but you could conceivably put a AAA game on a memory card if you were to download it from, say, a console box to the handheld device.
0: So the other thing we have to comment on, this is very, very important, besides it being probably as strong in terms of hardware, in terms of power as an Xbox One or PS4 is that supposedly a dev- one developer said it's the easiest dev- One third-party dev said it's the easiest device we've ever developed for. You just take your code, compile it, and it works. So if that's... I think
1: that's truncated and simplified, but if, if that's but, even remotely true...
0: But if that's the case, that just means, yeah, whatever we developed for the PS4 and Xbox One, it's the same basic architecture here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Nintendo... F- you finally figured it out, boys. Hopefully. It took you five generations of console, but you finally got it.
1: <laughs> We're, I mean, we, we, we can hope. Um, but that's and, huge, though. And there are people who are talking about how um, power comparable to an Xbox One isn't good enough. Now, the PS4 is slightly more powerful than the Xbox One, and the Xbox One is... I mean, these are your current-gen systems, and people are saying, well, you know, if it releases this year... Halfway through this lifespan, it's only going to get another five, it's going to be another five year system because they're going to have to compete with the next generation if we well, get, we if should, get eight, eight, yeah. eight years. However, I think the thing that people are forgetting is if this is truly going to act as a standalone handheld, we're talking about two things that I, I potentially have the power of an Xbox One. Because if you're going to be able to play the same games on the handheld that, that you take with you, it needs to be as powerful as. The yeah, that's it, it
0: sounds like this is almost a hybrid replacement, because the 3DS sales are probably slowed down, so this is like, it's both. This is the all-in-one.
1: Well, solution. that's, yes, like I said, that's always been the rumors that it's going to be kind of be an uh, all-in-one solution.
0: I'll believe it when I see it totally, but the fact of the matter is, it, is that uh, it's uh, it's only, it's not even four years old yet, the, uh, the Wii U, came out in 2012. And the other uh, consoles are what, uh, three years old, they came out a year later. two and a half it'll be three and four this later this year so yes if it comes out this uh, winter which I'll see when I believe it I still think it will be 2017 but there's rumors they're going to push it up to 2016 because the 3DS sales are are slow to a halt and Wii U
1: I find that hard to believe seeing as how like certain things like the Pokemon edition sold out immediately Yeah, but
0: they're not selling new consoles that's the thing
1: oh okay yeah, no, I'm with- talking about the. I'm talking about the the special edition. Why well, I think they're
0: coming out with those? I guess they're not selling regular ones. Yeah. But anyway, even if it comes out later this year, you're not going to get a uh, PS. You're not going to get a PS5 for another three four years. So yeah, that gives you three years Excuse me. of the same. At least three years, maybe four of third party games of current gen that'll be on this new system. So right. I think it's fine. And it's not like let's face it, folks. PS5 and Xbox Two, whatever the hell they call it, aren't going to be that, that much better than what we have now. Or we, you, you're not going to get that much better. We well, are diminishing returns territory. It's
1: like I, I mean I, I I yes I do see a difference now in certain games between PS3 and PS4, but it's not it's not the mind blowing jump. That, no, so, expect,
0: there's, just, there's, there's
1: there's 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 like one game that two games that have truly shown me the power of like a PS4, and that is Star Wars Battlefront. And Mortal Kombat X, uh, of all things, looks... Both those games look amazing. Um, but even Street Fighter V, which looks pretty good, doesn't look at like anything that couldn't really have been done on the last system.
0: When I saw it, I was like, okay, that was cool, but it's like, if you put 4 and 5 side by side, would you be like,
1: wow. No, not, not at all. It's, it's really just a difference of art style, not, not, not actual better graphics.
0: That's my point. So maybe this is Nintendo. Really, if it comes out earlier, it could be smart, because then they can... So this holiday season, they could say, hey, guys, you like first-party Nintendo games? And you know what? You know those the Assassin's Creed 8 and Call of Duty 12? They're going to be on our Nintendo system, too. So you want to buy two consoles? You can just buy our one. Save money. You can save $400 and buy more games that are going to be on our system, too. And,
1: um... And Jesus. What which I wanted... Which
0: me and Rue said at E3 2011, we said... Nintendo's going to put out a console that, that's as powerful enough to get the third party. They didn't do it, which always perplexed me. Right, but now they're finally they're finally learning because they're losing sales.
1: Right, because uh, there's no reason for third party not to support it if it's as powerful as the, the only other competition. Yes. so it's not like there's something else. Um, and
0: plus, it's cheaper. I was going to say the other They thing, waited a long time. what they're that doing exactly? They're making so thing. much more money on their consoles per. Than the PS4 and Xbox One, it's
1: a win-win. That's what I was just gonna say. Everyone's talking about how that's way too expensive to, you know, for them to keep their 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 usually low price points. But no, not really. I mean, you can get an Xbox One used for two seventy-nine. Um, this technology is becoming cheaper by the moment, and I don't actually think it's going to be that expensive. If I were to target a price point for this, I'd say. If it's really going to be a handheld and a console in one, I'd say three to three fifty. But I know that Nintendo's probably ideally shooting for two fifty.
0: Well, they if they if they could sell this at two fifty, I'm going to game guess, over. I'm going to say three. I'm
1: going to guess Wii U territory, which is three. Yes, I'm
0: going to say three. Uh, just because, uh, well, it's cheaper. If it's basically if it's literally just going to be a handheld, so basically picture your Wii U gamepad,
1: right, with no console,
0: with no console, but a dongle that you could stream to, and they're going to have some attachment for. Physical media. They would have to. I would. I want to see it when I believe it that there are being nothing with physical media.
1: I I will. My main reason for actually thinking that they would have physical, physical media is not necessarily pissing off developers, although it's a great, or pissing off retailers, which is a great reason. Um, it's that Nintendo has been one of the only companies to consistently include backwards compatibility for one generation with sure. each, each of their consoles starting with the Wii.
0: That's a great point. And, that's their, and that, could be, that could be their all branch, the people that just, that just bought their Wii, Wii U's U the past year, especially uh, with the games just came out uh, Sorry, the past the, year and a half, like yeah. like uh, uh, Mario Kart last last year and a half, right? Uh, Zelda's coming out later this year. The upcoming Star, Star Fox. Fox. So this could Jesus be... Jesus
1: fucking Christ.
0: Gene, let's just make out. <laughs> So this is their all brand saying, guys, we know you just bought this Wii U and you have these, or you just bought these games for it. So our new system is going to play them too. That's a, that's a perfect point. The yeah. bat was Because
1: they, I mean, with the original DS, that's where I believe Well, no, it started with the GBA. It started with their portables. I mean, the yeah. GBA, I the mean, Game going Boy. back to like 99, 2000 in the, or the, even the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Color they Game could, their portables started it and then their consoles yeah. did it starting with the Wii playing GameCube.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. And maybe they'll maybe it won't be a full. It has no. It has to be the same media, right? It has to be. They're going to have to have an add-on. If it's not going to be in the console itself, like a a slide door thing, like like a like a PSP, they're going to have a little disc drive. A little. It's going to cost them ten bucks to make a little add-on disc drive.
1: It's, yeah, it's going to have to. It's be, going to be a
0: USB little ten dollar. It'll read your Wii U games. It's going to have to it'll be cost set, them nothing.
1: Like I said, a set top box that's similar to the Wii U only. It, it, it's it's going to be much more simplified. It's simply going to exist to uh, read the game and stream it. So. um... Uh, we will see if we'll see they never did a 4 year uh, system cycle before it's
0: usually been at least 5 we always say right is it uh, Nintendo 91 90, yeah right no, 96 91 usually 5 i usually think usually 5 so but no it's going to be it's going to be a killer if they if i want to play a GTA g- uh, game on my Wii U or, excuse me on my NX all right this is a follow up to we've done a couple of topics on this about the Nintendo PlayStation uh, prototype Kind of a weird turn this is taken. What are you gonna do, right? Mm-hmm. People, people want to make money. That's fine. They're doing a book. Who else is doing a book? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> so, the we know the story about you know, the guy who came across his, his uh dad cleaned out boxes and they had a Nintendo PlayStation prototype. It's the only one we know that exists. Um, they took it to uh, Hong Kong for a a convention, a little expo there. They showed it off. They, the disc drive wasn't working but the, the console works um, so this was going to be the original uh, Sony partnership with Nintendo um, so uh, they showed it off they've entertained offers from my sources we're talking 20,000 plus offers for this uh, maybe a lot more So, they, they're, but, but they're doing a kickstarter now for a book Uh, That's basically showing off the Nintendo PlayStation prototype (laughs) prototype with high-res images in every possible angle. Um, Pictures of it taken apart. It says uh, in here, complete teardown of the the unit on beautiful print. It would be like if you took apart a car and showed it on your lawn, I guess. Like they have the controller separate from the front of it, from the casing, from the board itself. So, close-up shots of every component inside. They have the diagram drawing, the technical drawings. I guess that you can come across online somewhere. X-ray photos—they're going to be in the book. Never before seen th- complete 3D rendering renderings. Hate to be cynical. Now you know why they went to Hong Kong to get it checked out and to get all these pictures taken and everything else. Right. This could have been part of the plan all along.
1: I just—I don't see it selling. It's—it's—it's a—it's an incredibly interesting piece of video game history. Sure. Um, But books on video game history generally do not sell based around one item. Um, One that
0: they're not going to be able to add that much more than what we know already.
1: Right. The brown box could, and maybe even did, could potentially have a book entirely written about it.
0: And written out there.
1: Yeah. But but not this. I just don't see this happening.
0: Yeah, because, again, it's not like this is going to be Sony coming out and telling you all about the behind-the-scenes workings with with Nintendo. It's all going
1: to be speculation. It's all speculation. And then photos, which I think for the most of us have seen enough photos to be like, okay, that's cool. We don't need a complete teardown of the system. Basically, they're trying to make a book that is going to appeal to a very, very small number of people.
0: Um, it's currently, there's 25 days left when we're recording this. Uh, there's only 32 backers, uh, 2,300 of 30,000. It's not going to make it. Uh, it's just not. No, because... Not with those numbers. Because
1: it's, it's, it's just too tiny. Too tiny of a market for that.
0: And, and like I said, yeah, you, you, right, you see what it looks like. What's next?
1: Yeah. Now, uh, if they had Nintendo people talking and Sony people talking, we sure. might be discussing something totally different. But you're not. You're talking a picture book. And, and the story of how it was found um, that we've heard a million times.
0: Yeah, they talk about how they went to a printing place there. Again, in Hong Kong, coincidentally. Uh, to... Think oh, that's going to be a good idea, um, and then uh, trying to I'm trying to try to get something out of this Kickstarter. That's interesting. Technical and specifications that are associated with the patent files. A complete complete history of the prototype and the story behind the partnership between the two gaming giants. I mean, this is stuff on Wikipedia you can find out. Yep. Uh, um.
1: Yeah. No new info other than pictures.
0: No, I'd rather they. I'd rather they. Maybe they're doing it. Uh, get some engineers to get get the disk drive working. Yeah, you know if that's the case, even though
1: that's uh, almost a Kickstarter that I would back. Tell sure. Tell me that there's an engineer who wants this much money, and you need to uh, and, whatever, and
0: to somehow get the code out of this, to somehow emulate this. Yeah.
1: Pay pay uh, the guy. I'd back I'd back something to pay a guy or to to get this stuff. What out if of there.
0: what if you get someone that actually if if it was developed at that point to actually get the code for how this thing works, get the BIOS. Get it out there. Then hell, what if you have someone try to develop a game for it, even like a demo? I've
1: always joked that that's that would be fun. And that, not to go back to it, but that is what you would need the retro VGS to be—something with its own architecture. This this would be interesting if someone if someone developed something for this. That would be that would be neat. And if they could clone it, not that they could, but Just, that that's when you're talking about you know a, a, a true modern retro system.
0: You had to bring it back to the fucking retro VGS in. We spoke about it for an hour on the podcast, and it comes Oh,
1: don't don't case. you try to shame me. <laughs> I'm gonna silence you. I don't want you talking
0: about it, Ian. Uh huh. All right, we're talking a little, a little uh. Pro gaming news.
1: This is you. It's gonna put me to sleep.
0: It's putting me to sleep. Uh, so the Shanghai Major uh, Dota 2 tournament ha- happened, and something yeah. like a mess. It sounds yeah. There's a couple things that happen. We'll go over both of them. So, this is on Reddit. (laughs) This is like you guys. You guys got to run a better, better, uh, better uh, tournament here. So it it seems like they had like room set up for people to put their gear and practice as a team. Practice rooms. Yep. So, so Dota is like one of those what? MOBAs. Am I using the term properly? Yes.
1: I don't even know. I'm going to be bluntly asked. I don't even know how that plays.
0: So is that is that where like you have the overhead and you have like wizards fighting it out and there's some strategy involved? And it's, you got it's some, some, elf some sh- sort
1: of arena brawl. I don't fucking multiplayer
0: know. online battle arena. I was uh, right. Yeah. Great. I was absolutely right. Boy, do I know nothing about this scene. Awesome. But Listen. why are we covering this? Go. <laughs> so this is so this is what happened though. They had like the I guess the teams had rooms set up for them to go in and put their gear in practice before mm-hmm. the event. It, so it's like you know staging areas, so to speak. They go to the tournament. Uh, and the, the team celebrates. You know, the teams that win or whatever. They come back to their room the next day. All their shit's gone.
1: Just fucking cleared out by Just the hotel. Just cleared out. By the hotel. Like packed up for storage or something. Just gone. No, it, like, It's bizarre. They, will, they were able to recover some of it, but stuff like missing car keys... Other uh, there some, <laughs> there were some things like keyboards that were still missing. The hotel, I believe, said that they were going to pay for any missing gear. But the problem is, the data on any missing gear is is I mean, h- how retrievable is that? How backed up were they? I mean, who the fuck just walks into a room full of computer stuff and goes, "Get it the fuck they sh- they sh- 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 out of here!" Checkout
0: time. There's like they, they're showing one picture of like the mattresses on their side it, and yeah. boxes on like wheeled trolleys, like little things, it's like insane. hand carts. And then people are losing their minds. There's people tweeting out, "We're lucky to be in our room," uh, and the hotel staff. But before the hotel staff began to tear it all down, <laughs> so they were there for it. So, like, what? I've never heard of that before. Well, there's a bunch of shit here. Let's just pack it in boxes and throw it in the basement. No, i have literally like, what the hell? That. No one could. No one could say, "Hey guys, maybe we shouldn't take this expensive gear and just throw it in into Tupperware bins and and throw it down the, the laundry chute." <laughs> I mean there's not much more I can say about it besides that uh, this to me just goes to show you the infancy still that you're in when it comes to professional gaming tournaments when when there's mishaps like this happening where either it's not being taken seriously enough by the hotel staff or maybe not seriously enough by the people running the event it's just bizarre um, that we're still here but the other piece of news that I think was interesting was that after the first day the host of the event was, was shit-canned. Yeah. Fired by Gabe Newell. Um, so this is a guy... What's his name? Uh, James Harding? Yes. that's Was that a president?
1: I believe so. That was a
0: president, too. Did he fire a president? <laughs> that no one's heard of? Yes. Um, so basically, his name was James... Used to be the pres... No, his name was... James, 2GD Harding was let go after a day, and a, a day and a half of the tournament. And this is a guy that has hosted stuff like this before. So it surprised a lot of people. Um, so so Gabe Newell just came out and called him an ass. <laughs> and just said we want him gone. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe Newell of Valve Software. Um, and he, he, he said two things. James, we've had issues with James at previous events. Some Valve people... Lobby to bring him back for Shanghai, feeling he deserved another chance. That was a mistake. James is an ass, and we won't be working with him again. Two, as long as we're firing people, (laughs) we're also firing the production company that we've been working with on the Shanghai Major. They will be replaced, and we hope to get this turned around before the main event. Holy shit, this is in the middle of the event going on.
1: That's That's insane. That's an iron fist. Um, I mean... You know, the he, the guy was making off-color jokes and what the fuck ever. He thought he was funny. He's like, I got to do it for my fans who expect this kind of shit from me. Made some lame jokes, whatever. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know why they would have brought him back in the first place and expected <laughs> different. Um, if, if, if you got rid of a guy for similar reasons prior, why bring him back when you know that that's his shtick? Yes. Why? Uh, this is, this is I guess
0: there's um, footage uh, on the Video On Demand that includes him um, Talking about being police monitored Drops a C-bomb Which in this article says Maybe accidental but doesn't sound like it R- Then riffs about masturbating to hotel pornography yep. Specifically Mr. Wang's Amazing wheelchair antics
1: Does that really, Is yes. that really important? No it's not He was making shit up <laughs>
0: Probably contributed to Newell and company going nuclear Um but some at, at Valve wanted him back, though. So I don't. I just. I don't know. I'm not familiar with our ex president doing these
1: events. Maybe he was uh, popular with certain, um, certain states. I don't know. But they want. <laughs> please <laughs> hope that was a president. <laughs> I don't know. Um,
0: no, James Hardy, Harding was a president. Yeah. Okay. Um, so well, J- J- oh, Warren. Oh, excuse me, Warren G. Harding, Warren not James, James. Harding. Warren. God damn it! I thought it was James Harding. Was, it, was that was that his like nickname? Warren G. regulators. Um, up. But this is what I'm gonna say. There's no excuse though if that's you know what a shtick was before. Like if this came out of nowhere, fine, but if that's a shtick, that's what you're hiring him for. So I'd like to know I don't know I don't know what our non ex president has done before at these events. Never, <laughs> I think I was picturing the combination of James Harden on the Houston Rockets and and Warren G. Harding. That's what I was Great. I was doing, but um, any comments else besides this? I, it's just a weird sort of event. It no, it like,
1: sounds like it was a fucking mess.
0: That's <laughs> all. I, I mean, that's it. And I barely even know what a moba is. To, to
1: those who who went through it, I'm sure they will have stories to tell forever. And that's the kind and, of fun that you get out of something like this when something falls apart and goes completely off the rails, and you have to find something to make it better. You've got your stories.
0: If you're part of part of the pro gaming Dota 2 scene, uh, usually me and Ian know a lot more than what we're talking about on, on this topic. I know so, nothing about this. I mean, we know little about uh, MOBAs, except barely what it stands for, which is a multiplayer online battle arena with wizards and elves. Alright, All right. <laughs> what's
1: next? Okay, I'm... Uh, oh, rage quitting! Fuck rage quitters! Alright, <laughs> so... Uh, Street Fighter v, um, currently has no punishment for uh, rage quitting. Rage quitting is when um, you basically you disconnect right before you're awarded a loss. Uh, it happens uh, commonly in fighting games. It also happens in sports games and things like that. Basically you literally pull the plug on your internet so that you cannot register when it registers a disconnect. Now a lot of games... Um, have some sort of protection for this in place. Uh, Mortal Kombat X, for instance, does. If uh, you rage quit, uh, your character explodes in a bloody mess, and you're awarded a loss, um, which is goddamn hilarious. <laughs> um, so Street Fighter Five doesn't have any of that right now. Um, they are working on a more permanent solution, but right now what they're doing is they're going they're combing through the top players, looking for people with eighty to ninety percent disconnect rates, and eighty to ninety percent. Holy and shit! And they are. Um, dropping them severely in their league points. Now, league points is how uh, Capcom is keeping track of uh, the best players. and I'm assuming it's how they're going to be doing the Pro Tour, uh, how they're going to determine who they invite to the Pro Tour. Um, So there's only two people who have, uh, I think it's Super Platinum, which is the highest rank you can get in online. Um, You need something like 10,000 league points. Now, keep in mind that, when you lose a match, you lose league points. So that requires a considerable amount of consistent wins. Um, so one of the people, one of the one of the, one of the per, yeah people who has um, a super platinum is called T.S. Sabine, and I'm not particularly familiar with all of the professional fighting game players, but he is well known. Okay, so that this that doesn't make or that makes sense. Uh, apparently, they did not find any issue with his score or anything like that. But then there was someone named World Underscore Combo who is not known and um, is out of Japan and uh, had an extremely high disconnect rate. Now, what this means is, since you can lose points by losing a match in fall, this person probably disconnected every match that they were about to lose and only kept the matches that they were going to win to keep their league points up. So what they did was they took took this person overnight (laughs) Uh, after they announced that they were going to start punishing people with uh, for rage quitting, um, this person went from over ten thousand uh, uh, league points down to about uh, I think like eight hundred something league points. Wow! Dropped right Just back down it. to a bronze. So um, the I'm glad this. I always feel good about these stories. I love it when because cheaters get their people due. shouldn't cheat at games, it's board a, games, it's video a fucking games. Fucking game! How are you having fun if you're cheating at it? I always that's hated people that
0: that were cheating at like first person shooters using wall hacks and shit like that. Just yeah. fuck yourself! I just don't understand how that's fun. I, I have no
1: idea how that's a good time. But
0: why? But why couldn't Capcom program something like this in beforehand? I don't how know. hard would it be to look for the disconnect and say, "All right, we're going to dock you points"?
1: I feel I I, I honestly, it's different from Mortal Kombat where the points aren't necessarily linked to something I guess as quote unquote important as being part of the Pro Tour however Mortal Kombat's way of doing it is I mean it's blunt but it's elegant you get a disconnect you get a loss and, and there are
0: ways to figure out if disconnect uh, naturally being your internet going down versus someone quitting.
1: So, I'm assuming that that's what they're working on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should have been implemented from the start. Like, so many things in Street Fighter yes. 5.
0: So, like, arcade mode for once. Yeah. For once. <laughs> I mean... Um, so, Ian, yeah. I'm sorry I quit on you that one time. I, I, pro wrestling. <laughs> I, I was... Uh, I was. Uh, you you were lost. caught
1: up in your emotions. Yeah.
0: I'm not sleeping for 37 hours straight.
1: So... I'm going to talk about Young Conquer.
0: It's, it's like the Adventures of Young Einstein, uh,
1: and this is a Hololens game um, for the Microsoft Xbox. The Micro- <laughs> I'm tired. The Microsoft Xbox One, um, by Rare, uh, and basically the Hololens is is a device that you know will basically drop a game into the room around you, sort of, um, sort of, but not really. And and you 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 play based on your surrounding environment. Now. When they announced this conquer one with the trailer, people were in a fucking uproar. Because what aren't people in an uproar over these days? They didn't show enough dong. I don't know. Uh, he didn't ass slap hard enough. Um, they bitched about how they you know dumbed him down and made him a kiddie game. Uh, they da- they bitched about how he looked and he looks different. Rare is not the same rare from 15, 16 years ago. years ago Okay, it's different people they're going to have a different take on how a character looks it fucking happens Uh, 2 Conker had a game called Conker's Pocket Tales which was kid friendly and wholesome then he had Conker's Bad Fur Day which wasn't then you had the re-release of it on Xbox and now you have another one that appears to be kid friendly and people are bitching about how they're toning down, uh, you know, the, his his nature and, and and the character that was designed. And really, when you only have two games to base a character on and one is kid-friendly and one isn't, who's to say that the next game has to be, uh, you know... Uh, was it a third game? Was it one on Xbox? I just said it was a port of... You literally have not listened to me. Dude, we
0: talked about Click Click Camilli for like an hour.
1: <laughs> it's it's a port of Conquer's Bad Fur. Day. Oh, so it's
0: only two ge- okay, it's so Co- technically to- uh, game. only okay. two games. Sure.
1: Um so the fact that this goes back to something kid friendly, uh, I understand that people love Conquer for Conquer's Bad Fur Day, I really do. But it's I don't know. It's it's not like they're desecrating the history of this fucking squirrel I mean there's really no precedent it could have gone either way it could have been a coin toss Um, as far as the game it doesn't look particularly interesting to me but I just think the outrage over it is is kind of dumb
0: so it was a kiddie game originally it was a
1: kids game on Game Boy Color and they're
0: pissed that he looks a little different
1: well and he's not making shit and poop and fart jokes this time and there's no sunflower with boobs That was in Conker's Bad Day. But, I mean... It... The problem with Conker's Bad Day, too, is is it's a game that is largely based on nostalgia uh, by people who are of a certain age who probably remember playing it when they were in middle school while parents slept, yeah. and they remember the funny fart jokes and the squirrel with boobs and the, the sunflower with boobs and the poop monster and all this shit. And it's like... I just... Why are we getting angry about this? Just move on. It's sort of like... Um... It was
0: like almost like their version of internet porn. It was like this is our secret no, like, dirty a, game.
1: That's how I've always explained it. Like, that's what it was. It was that oh, secret thing. It was that. that
0: oh, well, I bought a game. Our parents don't know that it has cartoon polygonal titties in it or, yeah, or
1: whatever. It's it, it's it was a it was a kind of a forbidden item to a certain a certain age group. It's of people. like
0: Leisure Suit Larry.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Except not as sexual.
1: And if Leisure Suit Larry came out and, you know, decided that it was a fucking Christian evangelical game, um, yeah, people would be like, well, that's fucking dumb, but there, it's still like, who cares? And also with something like Leisure Suit Larry, there was no good-bad dichotomy there. You know, there was no kids game followed by an adult game. Well, they did have the
0: card game uh, add-on, but... <laughs> Oh, but no. Every loser lose, our game has some sort of nipple in it. Yeah, at least some more than others. Some have full frontal, uh, some don't. But there you go.
1: So I kind of understand the disappointment, but it's like I just don't understand the amount of anger well, that, you, that you is got, there.
0: You got to be angry about something, or else you're not having a good week, Ian.
1: Uh, you're not. Ha- yeah, you can't be on the internet if you're not angry. So how
0: about that new rare, extreme rare, undumped, undumped, and yes. An undumped NES ROM surface, Dean.
1: So, basically, we... we I, It appears to be the last NES game that... Ever? A, that hasn't been dumped. That we know of. That we know of. Um don't really? It's, it's from... A, yes. No, they, don't, they never dumped SimCity. I don't know where that is. But that... Well, okay. I'm talking about released. Oh, okay. I mean, sure, prototype-wise. Um... It's from a Korean, uh, a Korean studio. I believe, what are they called? Zaminia Z- Zaminia It's also uh, a drug, I think. <laughs> uh, it's a heartburn medication. Uh, so, it was discovered, and this is huge. Um, this is, this is big. Um, the person has footage of it on YouTube, and there's an active attempt to get this thing dumped and preserved.
0: Magic Kid Goo Goo?
1: Yes. And, I like the name. Um... There kind of was like an outcry over people thinking that uh, maybe this person was holding on to it or hoarding it. But really, no one's reached out to this person yet. They don't know what this person's going to say. And they're hoping to get it dumped. But it is it is interesting to see um, in 2016 that there are still undumped NES ROMs. You know, a, a landscape that we think has been 100% no. totally covered,
0: it isn't. No, there's lots of ones that aren't not lots, but there's ones that aren't dumped yet. Like I said, you said SimCity hasn't been dumped.
1: But I'm talking I mean, like there's... an actual release. You know, you would expect most of them to have been dumped by now. This oh. apparently has not. You oh, know, I mean, did... this
0: came out there, but not here. Yeah, this. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: this apparently did not receive a. Uh, Final wide th- okay. release and was, you know, um undumped. So it, it, it's it's I'm, it, guessing, it's, I'm guessing
0: the there the, probably wasn't a lot of them that came out then. Because then or someone just could have bought one and imported it, or dumped it themselves.
1: No, the yeah, the the uh the the believed um what the fuck am I saying? I'm so it would, it
0: would be like if stain events was undumped still and someone yeah. went out and bought a stain event somehow and then finally dumped it, even though know, that's a shitty game, that already exists.
1: So I mean, hopefully we get to see. It's it. a platformer, right? It yeah. Looks like someone says it looked
0: like Buzz and Wall Dog, which is another unreleased NES game that uh, didn't come out here.
1: Um. Right. I mean, basically on the same engine and things like that. So it looks cute. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to play it. Just to say, I did. It's um. There's a two player mode. There's a single player. It's in English.
0: A lot of these games are, but.
1: So the video's been. Um, saved a, a number of times so that it doesn't disappear. Just in case. Just in case, and they are reaching out to the guy to see if you know they can the, get it dumped.
0: So this this guy obviously, if he if he has a, a machine
1: to dump it, he obviously is into this. He knows it hasn't been. But well, he hasn't dumped anything yet. He. The, oh, you mean he just randomly took the video of it and put it up? Yeah, on. he just has oh. a video of it. Like, so he's already sharing something with the community. Um, there's there is the possibility. I would guess that you know. Maybe he just doesn't have the, the, the software, so now it, it's a matter of convincing the guy. Um, I think people have kind of accused him of, of holding out for money, but no one actually knows if anyone's reached out to him yet. No. He might
0: just say yes. Those are the people that you know they are because those are the ones that are like, Oh, if I sell 50 copies of my repro, I'll release the ROM for right. free. Uh, you know, but no, this looks hey, the game was pretty cool. A little platform where you can pick up objects like in Super Mario 2. There's a little mini bonus games, it looks like. I'm looking at the video now. Yeah, that's
1: what it kind of looked like to me. It was a Mario 2 type. Um,
0: like a little dino suit going yeah, on. You can sure. spit fire. Um, was it Was it finished? I'm trying to find some enemies on, on these levels here. I'm like, yeah, oh, there's some enemies. You can swim. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. It looks fun. You know? Yeah. A little, almost a, a, M, uh, MC Kids-like. Uh, you know? Not a bad game. A teeny, teeny bit. Okay, so we'll just be on the lookout for that ROM to get out there. That... I must have it you know I didn't know it existed before um, so yeah it is kind of weird at first I thought maybe this was unreleased uh, in terms of no it just hasn't been dumped it's out there um, and someone called it NES Rommel Famicom NES same thing it's more it's more uh, well more, in Korea more,
1: who knows what it is I, I, well someone does I don't I don't know if that would be, would be an NES or a Famicom in most places other than Japan it was still an NES well,
0: I thought the picture I saw was a Famicom oh, okay. cart it was, sure. like a, it was like a yellow cart fine but what, what, what the hell do I know can you guys can just upload that video of me saying what the hell do I know okay in terms of uh, NES this this was uh, this is fairly new new web browser emulator and uh, of NES stuff and now these have existed before there's you can play the entire NES library for the most part in your browser which I think is insane. To think that, that like 20 years ago, that that could be a possibility, or even 15 years ago.
1: I like the Apple IIe emulator that you can play in your browser. Is there, that, is, there yeah.
0: ga- is there games already in there? You have to find the in games. There.
1: Well, I don't know if there is now. There used to be.
0: Wow. I know they had that for like Commodore 64 and stuff. Yeah. And you can go online and play uh, Zork, text-based, you know, Lemonade game. I love Lemonade game. Hopefully I can play that.
1: Lemonade Stand is a is a great buy low, sell high type of game.
0: <laughs> um, so this is interesting. This one came out. It's called 3D NES Emulator and it looks fucking stunning. It simulates, I don't know how they did it, but NES games in 3D, I'm talking uh, shadow effects, depth effects, um, skewing when you walk past something, you can see it, like, the angles change. You can change, uh, in the video, someone's changing the angle as they play with their mouse, perspective, tilting it up like Castlevania, like looking down on it. And it's not perfect. It's not perfect. You can judge for yourself. But this looks, this is, for a beta release, this is pretty damn freaking cool.
1: Yeah, who the fuck cares if it's not perfect? The basic yeah. concept alone, if it never went any further than this, is pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, they showed about, what, nine different games during this? 30-minute uh, video, Mega Man, Castlevania, Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario, Mario looked, looked amazing. really good. Like,
0: the depth of the bottle.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they,
0: while they're playing it, they're like, they went to the side, they showed depth of the, of the viruses on the side. Yep. And then depth of the, of the bottle. That's where pills. things
1: that's where it does start to fall apart a little bit is when you start tilting it and you get um larger sprites they don't look as, as nice but um I don't know overall it's a very impressive effect Contra was okay
0: not great um it was, it was interesting cuz it actually showed like the 3D part like like the the first per, third oh, person God. parts and it it didn't know what to do I
1: was going to say it uh, didn't know what to do cuz yeah, it's not it's, it's not on a 2D plane <laughs> Right.
0: So. But, like, but even on the intro screen of Contra, showing like the sea, you can see behind the sea and the side of it, it's just really sweet. But Mega Man was, was alright. It looked pretty good. I think Mega Man was one of the better looking games. Zelda 2, meh. Nah. Uh, Super Mario 3, not bad for a start. I mean, when you think about it, they basically just wrote something in their engine to take the objects and throw some depth on them and to draw them a certain way. I'm obviously simplifying, but that's what they did. And to skew them. So it's, for right now, it's a one-size-fits-all. Fit all, and I'm sure eventually they'll have different modes they can do for different types of games that'll make more sense. Right. But this is probably just, all right, we figured out how to just do it yeah. to start. Like like you said... I'm this su- is proof of concept.
1: I'm sure they will find something, some way to do games that are, like, forward-facing, like a, like a flight sim, like a... What's that fucking Acclaim one? Uh, but, like, Contra, To the Earth, Star Voyager, that sort of stuff. They'll probably find a way to do that, Legend, Legend of Cage, eh...
0: It seems like they can't figure out the foreground versus background stuff that much yet.
1: It depends on, I think, probably how the game is is developed. But yeah, when, with something like a black background, like Mario, um, Dr. Mario, like the bottle, that's where it seems to excel.
0: Castlevania looked pretty good once they tilted it, it looked down, it looked pretty freaking good. Again, this isn't perfect, but the fact that it's there, you imagine Danny Sullivan in 3D.
1: Oh, it'd be, it'd be majestic.
0: Him smiling at you in 3D.
1: It would look like we were racing uh, Matchbox cars.
0: Oh, it's fantastic!
1: I want that. All right, let's talk about Ian. You're a you're an Archie fan, Ian. I am an Archie fan. Do so you know
0: who else is? Andre Meadows, Blacker Comedy loves Archie. I love when, Archie. When I, when I hung out with him at Comic Con, the first. Uh, Time a couple years ago, I see him buying like Archie compilations. I thought it was screwing me. I'm like, are you like Archie? I like, oh yeah, I love Archie. I, I grew up with Archie. I'm like, I, well, I did too, but I, I don't still read them. That's the difference. Like, I used to love Archie because you go to like those antique stores, they would never have any good comics except for like Archies from the early 60s, and they're like beat up for a quarter each. and I bought like 20 of them as a kid. I,
1: I really like Archie. I like Archie, especially when it's, um, when you can buy the big pulpy digests of like, that are like, you know, 300 pages. Um, Archie versus Predator, you like that? Yep, I have it. I have all of it. That to me is almost like sacrilege. It's like it's it's don't funny. I don't know. What I like about Archie comics is that they are having fun with their characters now, and they are starting to do new things. They released their first teen-rated kind of comic when they start when they brought back Sabrina the Teenage Witch and uh, and um, Josie the Pussycat. Uh, no. Um, fuck, it's so good. Art, the Archie zombie comic, it's amazing. It's a zombie Archie comic? It's, it's fucking incredible. Everything's gotta be a zombie. God, I can't remember the name of it because I'm
0: dumb right See now. See you podcast zombie version. Anyways, out. whatever. The it's brains. good.
1: Um, so they're having fun with their characters again. They've started doing a lot of things and one of the things they did was reboot it and uh, it, it, it comes in standard comic size and uh, it's, it's got a little bit more drama to it. And there's going to be an Archie T V series called Riverdale, which Jesus is God. um the the name of the town that they live in. Um it seems like it's gonna be more uh, drama based. Um it's gonna have all the basic Sounds characters like in it. Creek. I don't give a shit. Um and I will probably try to watch it. Uh Luke Perry's gonna be in it? As one of the older characters, yes. Uh which I think actually makes perfect sense. Um I don't know. I mean, honestly, it has every opportunity to be shit, total shit. But Archie is generally pretty protective of their properties and generally does not let things out that they find to be garbage. Um, they're incredibly protective. So I'm 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 going to tune in at least for a couple episodes with the hope that it's it's somewhat decent.
0: Uh, looks like they have cast Archie, Veronica, Betty. Uh, Josie's in it. So I guess that's Josie from Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. I don't recall her being in Riverdale High, was she? They're,
1: they're going to cross them over. cross
0: over. Um, and then I, whoever Fred Andrews is, is going to be Luke Perry and Cheryl Blossom, I have no idea who that is. Um, who's the, who, what was the name of the Big Bully? I forget. But You know the Big Bully? I yeah, forget. I do.
1: And now it mentions his rival in there. Uh, I just can't fucking think right One now. One
0: hour drama will be written by Archie Comics' chief creative officer, Roberto, Aguirre, Zacasa.
1: Yeah, which is another reason why I kind of have faith in it maybe working.
0: The, the live-action series offers a bold, subversive take on Archie, Betty, Veronica, and their friends, friends exploring small-town life and the darkness and weirdness bubbling beneath Riverdale's wholesome facade. So supposed it going to be like Twin Peaks? Basically? Like, just, like X-File stuff's going to happen? We'll see. I'll, you know what? I'll watch an episode. I'll give it a shot. Reggie's going to be there. And Jughead, of course. Gotta love Jughead always eating burgers and mm-hmm. somehow really thin I never understood that I ate that have any burgers in high school I'd be I was fat in high school I'd be even fatter yeah I had,
1: I, I had a killer metabolism in high school I could I could I could do the Jughead diet back then um
0: alright I guess this is gonna be on the CW so that's perfect for the dramatic yeah, that's fucking ex- that's exactly bullshit that's exactly where it shows. needs to be holy shit alright um we're gonna talk about the Ghostbusters trailer because you know it's always controversial they showed it um it's exactly what you thought it was going to be to me. Um, you, you got uh, Melissa McCarthy. Remember, I predicted two out of the four. Uh, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, uh, Kate McKinnon, who I think is funny on Siren Life. She does an awesome uh, Hillary Clinton, which is just fantastic. Leslie Jones and Chris Hemsworth as the eye candy, I guess. He's like playing the secretary that's that's in the office there. Mm. Um, I, I guess. So, um, you know, it shows off. Uh, you know, they try to they show off like the ghost effects. So in this in this version, it looks like they start with the team of uh, the three of uh, McKinnon, <coughs> excuse me, McCarthy and Christian Wig, and you know they're they're doing exp- uh, they're photographing an apparition. I like the effects of the apparition, trying to make it look like the the old practical ones. It's not doesn't quite pull it off though. Uh, it's not just like superimposed like like they did with, you know originally like thirty years ago. Uh, and then there's some slime effects, and then they, you know, they show them, they get the exact same hearse, Ecto-1, they get their outfits, they do the lines, they have some shots of ghosts, it ends with a really bad, unfunny sequence of one of them getting possessed and getting hit by the other Ghostbuster, and fade to black. It's pretty, I, mean, I don't want to call it inoffensive, but it's, it's to me it's just there. I mean, I... I understand why people don't like the fact that it's associated with Ghostbusters, because they feel like it doesn't have... My, my whole thing was uh, be worried about the writing versus the fact that they're women. That's, I always said that. Yeah, If the writing's strong, who cares? Right, But the writing's not that strong, from what I'm seeing in this trailer. Um, it sounds like it's retreading a lot of the same ground. It, it, it literally is in terms of the fact that you have the you know, I'm gonna bring Racer. The three white ones working together. You happen to have the fourth one come in and be black and just join up as the sort of the outsider that doesn't know. You know, they're not in tune with with the research, whatever. there's coming. Same exact thing. Um, and they go. It from also
1: there. shows a giant thing walking down the street, just like in the first movie. And oh, does it? The second movie. I'm pretty sure there's a very large ghost they show walking. Down oh
0: yeah, the it's street. like a it's like on stilts almost. I yeah. saw that. The Slimers in it. I think Slimer's real quick. Oh, yeah, I love Slimer.
1: So, I mean, my opinion on it is. Uh, I don't really get the uproar. Um I guess that's because I'm not particularly attached to the Ghostbusters uh franchise. Um I like the first two movies. I think they're good. I actually like the second one. Um I I watched I would watch both of them again and probably again and again. Um I know people are going to, you know, some some people are probably going to think, oh, how are you going to let this pass? We're going to trash, you know, Batman vs Superman. Well, I have some atta- uh, attachment to to those characters. I don't have any attachment to these to to this series. Um, I thought the effects looked decent. Um, most, not all, of the humor was not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, the roles don't seem to be as uh, uh, caricatured as I thought they might be, um, um, but it's just it, it at the at the end of the day, it looks like a movie about fighting ghosts with an all woman team instead of an all male team, and I just don't care. I'm not going to go see it one way or another, but I don't think I don't think it looks remarkably awful.
0: No, it doesn't look awful. I just think it's there.
1: Yes, exactly. No, that's that's, that's, that's I, what I'm saying. It's I think it exists.
0: It, I think it'll do. Okay, at the theater. I don't know if it'll do that well, just because you have a lot of Ghostbusters fans that are pissed off. That probably won't see it. Um, all, all female act kind of action movie, action comedy. There hasn't really been something like that done, unless you count Zack Snyder's one. What the That's hell was that? It's not
1: an action comedy.
0: Well, action movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's not common to see an action movie with all women in it. It just isn't. Oh, Chris Hemsworth, but he's just—he's uh, not—he's just standing around to gawk at. But I think the problem to, to, for me is this, and um, they—why keep any of the references to the original then? Why don't you go all out? And if you're gonna—if you're gonna alienate—if you think you're gonna alienate your fans by either having an all female cast or whatever else, not including the, any of the original cast in it, making a whole new universe, why include the actor one that looks exactly like the original? Just do it totally different then. Why have the said? Because even if you do it totally
1: the different, then the fans are, then the hardcore fans are going to find something else to bitch about. There's always going to There's be something a, yes. to bitch uh, about. Okay, I see what you're saying. It doesn't matter.
0: But to me, it's almost like it, it, you don't almost at this point want to be reminded at all of the originals. If you want to go in this entirely new direction, and having the but same I don't old... see this
1: as an entirely new direction, well, other than the fact that it's an all-woman team. It's not a new direction. It's not not at all. Okay,
0: what the tone seems different. The tone does seem different. Maybe a little bit. Uh, well, uh,
1: I really don't the, see it being a lot different, though.
0: The, the humor's dumbed down. It is. At least from this. The humor's dumbed down. Sure. About, oh, that goo went in every orifice and crack, whatever she said. The the shit at the end was pretty... Mm-hmm. Oh, well, first of all, I hate when they end trailers with extended sequences that are like 30 seconds long. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right, you show me 30 seconds from the movie now, and it's like... That, that, that's not, you know, like, why like, you're, If you already sold the movie... Like, someone, I think, cut like a shorter trailer. I saw this, and it was like a minute and a half long. was so much better. Just cutting out and keeping it like, I guess more darker and and just keep with the theme of busting ghosts and keeping out more of the overtop comedy. It actually worked better, so we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, I do like the fact that they have different weapons besides the proton packs they showed. Uh, yeah, that was cool. The, I thought that she, she licked the two guns. I I, th- I actually love Kate McKinney, how she looks with her hair. I think she looks cute with her like sort of uh, yellowish hair and her goggles. Uh, and then the other one was punching ghosts.
1: This is just another thing that I'm going to forget about as soon as we finish.
0: I'm already forgetting about it now. I just want to see beefy Chris Hemsworth again.
1: All right. Uh, but real quick though, people are there's
0: actually people getting on it from the other side about they don't like the uh, how the one black character is from the streets.
1: Okay, so let me put it this way. Um, yeah, it's not the greatest. It really isn't, and I think most listeners uh, would would agree when I say that. I'm a person who's a bit more sensitive to that shit, um, and I tend to call it out when I see it. It was over the top, and yes, a bit of a, uh, a caricature. However, I was already going in looking for it because so many people were talking about that. You think it was that over the top? Uh, she's, I, she's I, like she's like an MTA worker. I think like, in, I think in Leslie certain Jones aspects. Character. I think in certain aspects
0: We're, it was a little over the top. Unless she works on the subway,
1: but honestly, I just didn't see it as that that big of a deal. And like I said, I'm I'm a person who generally would call that shit out if I if it did appear to be. I wouldn't I wouldn't let that slide. Uh, like I said, I think I really noticed most of it because I went in looking for it only because there was already a backlash.
0: I just think it's funny because the, the backlash came from the group that you know. Was wanted a
1: movie like this, and sure they're, they're gonna find something to glom on to. So, so I mean, can't please everyone, and right? yeah, at the end of the day, I really don't think it's as big of a deal as some people made it, it out to be.
0: I'll watch this on FX in a year or whatever it's gonna be on sure. HBO, I'll, I'll catch it and check it out again for beefy Chris Hemsworth. Okay, let's do some Q&A. Q&A time on the CU podcast. Um, this is from DK underscore zero. Are there any games that you and Ian enjoyed growing up but found it's not what you remembered it to be?
1: Yeah, there's. I mean, there's two that I can think of pretty clearly. Um, the first one I'll say is Echo the Dolphin. Um, I remember getting that game as a kid. I remember thinking the graphics were pretty impressive. I remember thinking swimming around as a dolphin was, was great. Um, and I even kind of lied to myself and told myself I liked the actual gameplay when you got to it. Problem with Echo the Dolphin when you go back to it, though, and you put a critical eye to it, is that the game requires exacting perfection and uh, way too much backtracking to get air and to try to find your way through a maze. And Oh, I, I kind of hit the dead end. I got to go somewhere else, so I got to go back and get air. Um, it's difficult. And if you make it far enough to get to the alien levels in, 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 in space, because that's part of the game, uh, they're auto scrolling, and auto scrolling levels are always a bitch, especially with the controls that are in echo. So that one doesn't fare so well for me. And The other one would be Star Tropics. Um, the movement and controls in Star Tropics are just too fucking weird for me these days. Really? Yeah, well, I, I loved the game, but the game moves tile by tile when you move Mikey. Oh, okay. So it doesn't feel very smooth or fluid. During the action sequences. I'd have to it, go back it, make, to... it makes the jumping weird. Because I loved that game when I picked it up, and I picked it up later. It was like a flea market find when I was like 16, and there was, I, they were I still selling,
0: They were still selling that in Toys R Us in like 2002. Yeah. They still had Star Fox 1 and 2, excuse me, Star Fox 1 and 2 for sale.
1: But I wasn't even a kid. I, I Like I said, I adored that game when I was like 16, and then I went back to it when I was like 30, and I was like, this is, I can't play this.
0: Let's see. Uh, Life Force, to me, mm. is the one that I loved as a kid. Is I probably used the thirty man code to beat it, <laughs> and now I I think it's way too difficult in terms of um, the environmental hazards in that game, uh, the flames that come up, things like that, the nets and the whatever de- else. I it's know, t- it's tough. Yeah, it's a tough game. I'm I'm, not, I'm decent at shooters, but that's like one that wow, I only like that as a kid because I had thirty lives I can continue. Because now I try to play stuff without doing thirty lives, like contract I can beat without with with with, with the two lives, uh, but something like that. No, it's, to me, it's not something I can enjoy that much again. I probably enjoyed it a lot because we used to borrow from, I was it up, uh, the guy who lived next to my grandparents had, like, literally probably 150 NES games, like, new in the package, like, new in the box. He, like, every game from, like, seemed like between 85 to, like, you know, 89 or so. He had, like, every, or a chunk of them. And I was like, oh, yeah, pick a game out, pick a few games, and pr- you can take them on vacation with you. So i pick out, like, Life Force, Paperboy, the manual I have could be the, still the same manual that I had from from his uh jeopardy you know uh maybe like ninja God and another one we'd take him and go on vacation to ocean city, Maryland in our in, in the condo we rented we play the games a week, but life force is a game that I loved as a kid that no, I can't play it, can't play it now without saying eh, it's it's a good game, it's a good game right just not it's as just good as not you remember as good it good as I remember it because of the insane uh difficulty
1: what huh? oh this is this is from Cody l. Murphy. What hobbies did you have in between gaming as a child and starting to collect again in the late 90s? Ooh,
0: I always liked comic books, reading, and collecting. I used to actually read most of the comics I, I bought, even older ones. Carefully take them out, watch out for the tape, read through your 1979 Bronze Age book that's worth only 7 bucks. but you're still careful with it. Um, so, collecting um, comic books... I mean I, I mean, I still I still play with action figures up until I was, like, 13. You know, so... At that point, though, it was, like, the X-Men TV show was on, so I liked the X-Men figures. I was, like, the last action figure I probably had was, like, that I played with was, like, X-Men figures. Right. So I went from, like, G.I. Joe... Uh, G.I. Joe and He-Man, or He-Man to G.I. Joe, and then Ninja Turtles, X-Men,
1: slash Marvel figures. That was, like, the, the four types of toys I had. Um, but... I always loved the stupid weapons they gave like some of the Marvel figures that had absolutely nothing to do with like <laughs> their I'm, actual powers. I'm trying to remember. Wolverine with wrist rockets. It's like, no. no he didn't have a wrist to... rocket. <laughs> they gave him a sword. He didn't have wrist rockets.
0: <laughs> but the elves were cool, though. This is a tangent, but like the first, the first Punisher
1: figure... Mm-hmm. had a snapback put caps in yeah I know my brother had it the
0: first Venom figure which I had came with this really awful goo that could stay in your carpet this purple goo that they then got rid of for the re-release and just gave you a, a thing to put water in to spray out his chest but originally it was bl- this black goo remember, like, the, remember the Ninja Turtles green yeah, everything can, of can, can shit? Yeah,
1: shit every, every action figure line had a figure it was like that this, came with a can of ooze it
0: was like this non-toxic gelatin shit because they thought kids would probably eat it they're probably right Yeah, but yeah that's what, that's what that was but I went into comic books. And then I started collecting uh, Star Wars toys in high school. Went to toy shows. Um, had a pretty good collection of Star Wars toys. Mostly, um, I'd about, I, at the end, I had about 100, 100 loose figures. And that's pretty good because there was only about 120 uh, figures between 77 and 85 that came out. Um, uh, I'd say 80% with the weapons because you can find weapons back then. At, maybe even garages, I found bags of weapons. That was so good when you found Star Wars stuff at like garage sales back in the mid-90s. Mid, mid, mid late 90s. Oh, man. But I would go to thrift stores. Um, and then I had about 25 to 30, maybe 25 uh, vehicles, either loose or al- some in the box. I had the little Wampa in the box. Damn, I got rid of that. And I had the play sets in the box. I had the Death Star PlayStation. Uh, or play set in the box. PlayStation. Uh, it was, oh, oh, PlayStation. It was a PlayStation, Death Star Station. Uh, then had a bunch of like stuff, like the Cantina, uh, the Hoth playset, things like that. Got rid of all. Got rid of it all. Um, in uh, after Phantom Menace, <laughs> that's what I got rid of it. And I, and I even had a few
1: carded figures. So that was my uh my hobbies. For me, um, I mean, I never really stopped playing games, but there was a period where it slowed down. Um, I think we're kind of overtook games, not replaced them, but there's two things that I, uh, you know, maybe three. One, I read obsessively. Um nice to read, too. Shit, I wish I could read the way I used to. I mean, we're talking, uh, we're talking a couple books a week, and we're not talking small ones. We're talking, you know, fairly large books I would just read constantly. Um, I got really into music in terms of uh, that was when I started DJing. I was 14 or 15. Um, and I started getting into some music production. Um, and the other one that was big for me was, uh, computer programming. Um, I don't really know a lick of code these days, but, uh, back then, um, I fucking loved it. And I started with like basic and then moved on to C, C plus plus. Uh, I even dabbled in weird shit just to dabble in it. Like turbo Pascal, uh, just because it was interesting to me. Um, I actually really miss programming, but I don't have the time or honestly, I don't think I have the concentration right now to sit down and dedicate myself to to learning anything again, which is a shame because it was something that I loved a lot from my youth. I didn't stop doing it because I didn't like it. Well, kind of. I stopped going to college for it because I didn't want that to be my career. But, uh, yeah, I just lost, I kind of lost the ability and the time. So, Maybe someday.
0: I, I know a little I know Q Basic a little bit. I remember Q Basic. Yeah, Q Basic. I, I can do a Choose Your Own Adventure game.
1: That <laughs> means Choose Your Own Adventure Text Game. This is from Papa Ken Media. And my computer screen turned off. Do you think it's feasible for small YouTubers with full time jobs to rise to relevancy on YouTube today?
0: Well these possible, but it's um it gets harder and harder as more and more people go on YouTube. I mean it's just a numbers game. It's not like it was 5 years ago or 6 years ago where there's a lot less people with the equipment or know-how to upload to make to make the videos and upload them because now anyone with a cell phone can shoot better videos than what I was shooting when I started out on my, you know, DV camera back in 2008. Um, and it's easy to edit. There's, there's open source software, you can edit it on your phone, there's like a YouTube app you can do it. So anyone could do it even me. Um So that makes it tougher the full-time job thing—I'm not sure. If, eh, I'm not sure that has much to do with it because there's even people with great. I'll bring up our, our pal to show. Great A under A has a full-time job, and he puts out one video a week. They're funny as hell, and he's huge. He's blowing up.
1: It's a matter of putting out good content and having the dedication to just set aside the time to do one. Like like he yeah. does one video a week.
0: He does very particular like it's style content though. It's like yes. he's the only one doing that sort of content. I mean, at the end of the day, to stand out, you have to have your own unique voice, and you have to consistency, and you have to be and you have to be true and authentic. People sniff out bullshit. Yeah, I always maintain that. There, I mean, there are people that are probably yeah. Oh, there are always phonies, but I think people see the passion and know it. It's like an intangible that's there. Was I think so? With some bullshit in the past. Jesus, almost eight years. I don't know. God, am I that old? My God, has it been that long? Christopher Lloyd never man I'm tired um, I'm but tired. there is there is something else to consider is that I think though the, it's stacked against you if you're a smaller channel uh, starting out in terms of the algorithms that YouTube does for search results and things like that so if you search for TurboGrafx-16 you're going to see my videos come up first most likely, because they're the ones with the most views and I have subscribers uh, doing it so you'll probably see my Christmas, uh, my two Christmas videos up there in the top five, three or four. Um, if you're starting out and do triple graphics video, you're not going to be seen up there. I mean, it's just that's just the algorithms. I mean, they want the content to be up. You, YouTube and Google want the content to be seen. That's, I guess they trust that people have seen it before. They know what You know what I mean? It's like you want to steer towards the tried and true. I hate to say it. So that's another reason why it could be harder. But yeah, you just got to keep at it and put out content that's original, unique, and good, and improve and just pe- you know keep at it. But I don't know. It, but it is tougher, though. It is tougher.
1: That was long-winded.
0: We're both falling asleep. Thanks, again. Um, this is from at Lord LordWaldemort. Are EverDrives ruining the retro game market? Referring to flash carts.
1: No. Um, just like emulation didn't ruin the uh, retro game market. Emulation just,
0: killed the retro game market.
1: Just like um, you know, uh, hacking an original Xbox and loading it with ROMs didn't ruin the retro game market. Uh, emulators on computers that you hook up to your TV did not ruin the retro game market. Um, none of this ruins the retro game market. Why? Because people who collect want the original thing. People who do not collect or do not care about physical carts were never going to buy them in the first place. So you're not really losing anyone. The people who are going to the people who always say that this is an insane hobby, the prices are insane. I'm going to emulate are the same people who will buy Everdrives are the same people who were not going to buy, sell, trade uh, actual game cartridges. Um, and if you're not talking monetary value, I still don't think it ruins the retro game um, community in any way. In no. fact, it would foster discussion because more people would have played games that are hard to get.
0: I, I maintain that people, at least in my experience, people that go for something like Flash, Cross, or Everdrives have already been in the hobby for a while. Uh, it's very rare where I find someone that says, yeah, you know what, I want to I get into I had a Nintendo as a kid. I want to get a Nintendo and, and get a flash card. Right. Because they don't know all the games that are out there. They haven't discovered them. They want to go and rediscover the system they had as a kid and get those five to ten games they had as a kid and go from there and then maybe branch out.
1: And then even though it's fairly easy to use... um, they want to get their cartridge, put it in the system, turn it on, and play it. They don't want to find all the ROMs. They don't want to put it on an SD card, structure all the files properly, and, and then deal with incompatibilities if they find something that's incompatible. Which, for certain Everdrives, is not really an issue anymore. But I'm, I'm just saying, that's not... It's not even really on their radar when they start. Fuck, they might not even know about them.
0: Oh, I, I guarantee they don't yeah. know about
1: them. Um,
0: it, it probably starts out where... Alright, right, first stage one, going and buying a system somewhere a game store like I did back in like 98, 98 going to Land, and you buy those few games that you want to start out with then you play those you get tired of those games you discover more games and more games then you realize you know there's a you know a 750 games out there and then but that takes time to to get to that point that's not a that's not like within a month you're like all right i already played those games i don't want to buy any new ones let's get a flash card no for someone like me becomes if i want to flashcard which i do it's an ease thing it's a, yes i have all the games but it's easiest to have it on hand or run stuff that could be tough like a uh, famicom disc game yeah, but that's like that's not how you that's not where you start that's like you're branching out you're getting deeper into it you're getting involved at that point it, that's not surface level gaming that's like all right let's i'm i'm tired of the basics so yeah i think it's not it, ha- it hasn't so i mean I don't know if that question is asking if it will or not, but obviously it hasn't, because the game prices keep going up and up. All right, Ian. All
1: right, this isn't a question, but uh, Cinemasker has reached 2 million subs, so congratulations.
0: I just want to thank my pal James for 2 million subs. I don't know. uh, know, uh, Ian, uh, James is an OG of YouTube. I mean, hell, he was making his videos and wasn't even posted on YouTube. Mike Matei was. And congrats to Mike as well. Mike actually runs the, the Cinemasker channel. Um... James James works hard at what he does. Uh, he's very uh, passionate about what, what he does. I've seen him. He gets just as pissed as, as me when something fucks up more filming. And that's how I know he's impassioned about it. And <laughs> I got to calm down about something when we are filming last time. But I would be just as pissed as you. Like You know, I get really pissed when something goes wrong sometimes.
1: No, I have no idea. Like
0: you're, you're, <laughs> that's how he gets. And that's how you know he cares about what he's doing. Right. I mean, and he has integrity with what he does, doesn't he? Never did, um, you know, just top ten videos or you know what I mean. Like he never just did uh, uh, clickbaity stuff. It was always the the AVGN content. Like I, like I said, he was doing that for like a year and a half, almost two years, two a fucking month for game trailers. Two a month is insane. It is. Um, he's done 150 AVGN episodes. The man's earned his. Oh, well, he only does, puts them out once every three months. James, what do you want the guy to do? He's been doing it for 10 fucking
1: years. How much more is there for him to do? I mean, honestly, he's done it. They're still funny though. Well, they're, they're still funny. funny, but I'm just saying like in terms of AVGN, it's like people who complain about that. Uh, why? I mean, what more do you, are you expecting?
0: They want he wants to be like the three studios and do it for like 25 years. And right. it's like, well, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, so it's, it's an accomplishment to do that, to work that hard. Um, and plus, like I said, he never—I don't think he ever took the easy path. He always—he always stuck with it. And so, congrats, James, at two million subs. I'll see you at too many games, and you know we'll hang out, and hopefully you don't—you don't get lost again trying to find us for dinner, like like for a <laughs> shitty burger. For, God, that was they closed sh- down. Oh, last time I talked to James, that place he went to—what the hell is that place called?
1: Max and Irma's. Max and Irma's. It's they clo- a chain.
0: It's a chain. They closed down. <laughs> Their food was not that. good. I felt so bad. That was miserable. So
1: all making right. the poor guy drive that fire for a crap burger. We I mean, had fun though. No? Sure, we did.
0: Not as good as the fish tacos we had years back. What are you going to do? All right, at S. J. Webster Art sellers don't don't seem to know the difference between sought
1: after and rare. Care to educate them, Ian? Um, I mean, some sellers don't, but I also think this is a this is something that you can flip on customers too. It's, it it goes both ways. Um. <clears throat> Sought-after would be, in my opinion, and I use it all the goddamn time because it's just a perfect example, would be a game like Contra. It's not rare. There are plenty of copies of Contra out there. However, it's incredibly sought-after, so it raises the price. It also lessens the potential for someone to sell it back, which creates a scarcity in the market. Not rarity. Yeah, people like to argue that, that they're the same. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that. Um,
0: I don't remember. Two, two minutes ago, I'm tired. That's fine.
1: Um, <laughs> so it creates scarcity. So that's why games that aren't technically rare can go for higher prices. Now, there's certainly a ceiling, and they probably shouldn't go much higher than a certain price. Sure. But yeah, um, certain things are, are becoming harder to find. Um, you, you can laugh, uh, and, and it hasn't increased the, the value. Um, but uh, Super Mario Duck Hunt cartridges are not nearly as readily available as they were uh, 5, 10 years ago. I, I, I've say, I say this frequently, too. Um, when I started, we had 60 of them, and we would always keep it at around 50 to 60 through trade-ins. Now I'm lucky if I can keep 10 in stock. Um Rarity, obviously, is just simply a rare game. Little Samson. That is something that's going to go for a considerably higher amount than something that is sought after, and it's because there's limited supply. I mean, I don't really know what else I can say there other than a sought-after game definitely has the right to be expensive as its popularity increases, but it's never going to reach the price of something that's truly hard to find. We said something about customers use it too? Well, I'm just saying, like, customers don't understand why something that they perceive to be common... Would be expensive.
0: Well, they don't. They don't know basic supply and demand economics. Yes. Um, but but it can work the opposite way though too. It can be something that's rare that no one gives a shit about, and it's not in demand.
1: Sure. Anyways,
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to extend this beyond two minutes. Um, do I have anything to add to this? Do I just going to extend this out? Going to be like this? Extend it out. Um. I think, in my experience it's more about popularity, thinking if something's popular, is is rare, which is always the weird thing to me when I see something like that, like, oh, uh, you know, seeing uh, something like Metroid is rare, or something, just because they know people want it, it's like, it's, it's, sure. They they try to use them synonymous, synonymously, and it's just really weak.
1: Yeah, you can cut the word rarity out of this, and this is, and once you do, that's when I think it definitely pertains to sellers, people who see something like say, a Metroid and ask fifty dollars for it because it's popular, but don't really. I mean, it's not exactly. Exactly. They should it's use not the exactly word exactly hard to find. Use
0: the word popular instead of rare. Yeah, popular. You never see them do that. No, that that makes all the sense in the world. I just helped you out, sellers. You see how nice I am. I don't hate you all. I just don't like some of you. Uh, Okay, this is for Ian. At Rich VGS... Oh, God, is that the Retro VGS? Rich, are you with the Retro VGS folks? (laughs) Has Ian taken flack for how he was portrayed in the pump vids, particularly the Caltron 6-in-1 video, which was your premiere episode, Ian?
1: Humorously, yes. Um, I mean, not not anymore, but... um, Yeah, for a while there, I mean, I would have people who would come in and somehow either... I mean, not realize that these videos were videos, even though there's plenty of camera angle shots and all sorts of things. Yeah, so there's
0: cuts and edits in a script, obviously. <laughs> right. I give myself that much credit. I know how
1: to shoot that. Um, and they would literally think that I was uh, an ass. Um. Uh, and then I had, I mean, and I know this because these people would become regulars, and they'd be like, "Man, you're nothing." You know, later on, like after I've chatted with them, sold them a few things, you know gained a bit of a repertoire with them they'd be like yeah you're nothing like in those videos and I'm like well of course I'm not like anything in those videos Pat wrote me to be a dick and yeah I mean Uh, I I, am use what I had to work with you you wrote to my talents (laughs) um, I mean in real life and and lots of people who see me in the store will say this I'm not nearly as cynical or worked up as I am even on the podcast Uh, I'm just not you get I mean, worked
0: up about certain stuff. Oh, yeah,
1: I can, but you've I mean, got, You've
0: gotten snippy at me for stuff, which I didn't realize I was offending you, like, putting uh, peanut butter in the refrigerator. you like, well, what the fuck, Pat? You're
1: putting peanut butter in the refrigerator? I'm like... I don't like people who put peanut butter in the refrigerator. I, I,
0: well, you said I was just like, holy
1: shit. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, so I mean, yes, I did get flacked for it. Uh, has that toned down? Yes. But it did blow my mind how many people could not separate the me that was acting... I'm horrible at acting, in a Pat video from the real-life person behind the counter.
0: Well, you haven't been to one in a while, Ian. I good. The last one was the cameo last year.
1: I hate video. acting. I never want but to do it again. But you're good no. at it, though.
0: No. You guys let us know in the comments if you want to see Ian and Pat Ian in this episode. They are going Because in the continuity, he's still at the game store. We're no longer with Avgraw, the online video game. A reviewer Association. Just say no, guys. Which that swirling went, went absolutely nowhere. But <laughs> but, uh, but Ian was always Ian's always good. Ian and Frank are a good team. And uh, you know I enjoyed that fifth anniversary video. You know you guys were bitching like that was this. the fucking you guys worst. were. I wanted to kill both. I of you. I wanted to kill you. You guys were bitching within a half hour at me. You know that was this that like, was
1: elaborate. All yes,
0: right, but but it was for my fifth anniversary, and you know you, you do me a favor now and then. Oh, I might ask you a favor to, to film uh, something this summer with me. I just use the camera. All right. You're you're, you're a pretty good cameraman. You're pretty good. You're not that. You know how to frame a shot. You will give you that. We'll see about it. Uh, you can be you can be a boom mic. I can picture you being a really awesome boom mic operator. <laughs> Let, Let it go. Let it, it go.
1: <laughs> Let it go. Okay. We'll talk. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, Frank uh, at user pending asks. Pat, will you be re- releasing your book in audio format? If no, why not?
0: Well, it's interesting that you're talking about Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the N.S. Library, 1995, <laughs> 1995 still available for pre-order. Um, yeah, that would be fantastic that just rattle off 760 games in a row. In fact, <laughs> I might do one right now if I can pull it up while I talk to you. No oh boy. Because the digital version is done. Ian, Ian, pick any game, and I will do an audio e-book version of it.
1: Uh, you're going to do uh, championship bowling. Championship bowling,
0: will you? I got a flash cut because this is loading. Taking forever to load the ebook up. You know, uh, Ryan gave me shit for giving Donkey Junior Math only one and a half, so I gave it two. I bumped it up. I felt bad.
1: It's really not that bad if you're two playing two players. Yeah, but he was like, "Oh, well,
0: it's a good party game." If
1: you, fo-. but it wasn't designed. I said, Ryan, it wasn't designed as a party game though. It was designed to learn, and it's it doesn't really get the job done. It's only fun a couple of intoxicating substances deep. Whoops, not Guerrilla War. Mother of Pearl, then do Guerrilla War. Just nope, do nope, something.
0: Nope, nope, I got it. Uh, okay, <laughs> this is a short one. So this is all I'll put in the nice, like, uh, music, like, chamber music. Championship Bowling. <clears throat> Review. This well-polished bowling game functions well, but features little extras slash features. Select one of four different bowling characters with different attributes. Some are better with a heavier ball. One is left-handed. Select your ball weight, which affects power, which affects power of the throw and spin ability. The lane you want to bowl on. They vary in how the ball curves and bowl away. Players begin their throws by selecting their starting position. Then, after using separate time meters for both the ball curve and the throwing power, release the ball down the lane. The mechanics of the bowling gameplay is very precise which takes into account your bowler's type, the weight of the ball selected, and the player's spin slash power selection when throwing. The physics of the bowling bowling ball slash pin reaction is very solid, allowing the player to work at and repeat the proper technique, and even allowing the ability to pick off difficult pin splits for spares. The gameplay mechanics are shortchanged, however, by the game offering no modes or frills to show them off on. There isn't a career mode. No torment mode. Nothing outside of a single standard 10 frame bowling game. It's too bad since the core gameplay is so sound and fun. Reflections. As the only bowling game on the NES, it's a shame that this is really a bare bones single game experience. Romstar could have added more from the arcade version to really make this something special. As it stands, bowling fans, this is all you get, so enjoy it. Patrick Contre.
1: Did you give the stars?
0: Three stars.
1: All right. <laughs>
0: and that's why there's no audio version of it. <sighs>
1: yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that does it for the CU Podcast. <laughs> uh, for uh a... For Tuesday, uh, March 8th, 2016, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash pixelsickle for the podcast. You can watch the entire thing in video form, Wart- warts and all. Um, I got a Patreon. I got a book that I just talked about. I'm tired as hell. Uh-huh. We're gonna go. Eat any last words? And I love y'all. Hopefully you guys don't hate me uh, after the next po- this next podcast is videos. But then again, like I said, I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. Bye.